This episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast has a content warning. Content warning. Suicide. If you are thinking of suicide or know someone who is thinking of suicide, please reach out for help. For example, you could visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Again, that's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play D&D podcast. Each episode is a standalone episode, so that means you can listen to them in any order. Today we are joined by Olive. Hey everybody, Olive is a bipedal crocodilian. She is a level 8 monk, way of the open hand, taking the courses by correspondence. And she is wearing a white Jedi-style robe and baggy brown pants. Dr. Crud. Well... Hi, uh, Dr. Crud has actually changed since uh, y'all last knew him. He uh, experienced a very emotionally scarring trauma on the last uh, episode. So he is no longer wearing his blue jeans, his white shirt, his red tie, his doctor's lab coat. He has put that all into his trunk. And he has pulled out his... Probably about 40-year-old, out-of-date military infantry uniform. He is uh, still standing at 8 feet tall, 5 feet wide. But you have noticed that he has lost some weight. He has hit the FBK gym hard. He uh, is also now sporting his, uh, in a side scabbard, his bone saw. And on the other side, he has a hand crossbow. As the person responsible for that trauma, I feel kind of bad, but I'm also kind of like, wow, you're so cool now. <laughs> <laughs> and Rolo Specklebottom. Hey, everybody. Rolo Specklebottom is a level eight wild magic sorcerer who loves to roll on the table. Uh, he is a halfling standing at just about two and a half feet tall and wearing a Dirty old cloak, some brown pants, boots, and is always accompanied by his adorable sidekick and oftentimes mount, Nacho the Capybara. We join our adventures today at the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. Adventures? What are you guys up to this fine afternoon? Dr. Crud is seated at the bar, drinking heavily. <laughs> Uh, I can say as the one of the people who experienced that trauma with you, Tanninger is definitely belly up next to you, going just as hard. All that is the episode cucumber tossing for all the listeners. I won't give you spoilers. I'll just say they're not okay. Uh, <laughs> Olive and Rolla. Uh, I am, uh, Rolo is at the, uh, at a table sampling a cheese plate and sharing with, with Nacho. <laughs> Nacho is having a great afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Olive is into cheese, so she's going to order one of those too. One of those, like, the size of a dinner and the calories for the entire day cheese boards. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I motion you to come over and, like, sit down and be like, let's have cheese. And then we whisper to each other, what happened to those two? 
<laughs> I have no idea, but they look like they need some cheese. <laughs> I tentatively offered Tanager and Dr. Crud III a cube of Emmental. Dr. Crud will look hot, Olive. Do you want some Emmental, Dr. Crud III? What's Emmental? It's a type of Swiss. I looked it up. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tanager kind of looks up. That's cheese. That's not an olive. This is an olive. And he motions to his martini. <laughs> He'll eat the cheese and then chase it down with whiskey. As Dr. Crud eats the first food he's probably had in a while, uh, a well-dressed courier appears at the doorway of the fire-breathing kitten's guild hall. He is holding a letter and looking around a bit nervously at you know, your sort of adventurer chic, not necessarily the type of buildings he normally goes in, uh, Guildhall. Ah, is this the, uh, fire-breathing kittens? I have a message to deliver. That's us. What's, uh, who are you looking for? Uh, it is addressed to whomever takes the letter. Oh, that's me. Ah, yes. And I walk over and take the letter. Uh, he hands you a neat envelope with a wax seal and uh, quickly scampers away. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Bye. Okay, so uh, I bring it over to Olive and I'm like, and I'm like, hey, Olive, we got this. Do you want to crack this or do we throw it on the pile? Is there like a procedure for this? Newly Sag's been recovering recently, so... We've been writing the jobs flyers ourselves. I improvise and uh, I <laughs> open up the letter and I pocket the seal. Uh, so the letter, the letter says as follows: I regret to inform you that I have been murdered. The exact time and location is unknown to me, but it is an undeniable fact that I have met my end. Because of this, I have taken two actions. The first was to secret away my will from the prying eyes of the vultures that encircle me. The second was to send this letter to the fire-breathing kittens so that the guilty might be made known and my fortune fall into the correct hands. Please ensure that the sanctity of these final two wishes be made true. One, Cane Barrow Court, whenever you arrive, comma, soon. Memento Mori, Barrett Dillahunt. Postscript. Of course you will be paid for this job. I've recently sold a valuable piece of art and would be happy to transfer over the earnings of the sale to your guild, totaling 20,000 gold pieces. So long as that you find who has caused my life to end. Also, you can keep the pen. Can I have that name again? I wasn't fast enough with the <laughs> quick draw pen. Barrett Dillahunt. Thank you. And the two things he wanted were for us to find who killed him and make sure that the right people get his money? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Well, for 20,000 gold, I'll do anything. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you have an address and... It, it just says whenever you arrive, comma soon. I I like look over at Nacho and I'm like, let's go, boy. Uh, he makes animal sounds. 
<laughs> I'm unfamiliar with the noise. <laughs> exactly. Olive, uh, do you want to take this with me? Yes, and I think we should get Dr. Crud Third away from the alcohol for a little bit. I look over at my large elephant friend. Would you like to go outside? What? 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 what huh? Who's? What? Who's talking? Um. Why are you so sad? And do you want to distract yourself a little? Actually, no. We just want to ask. Do you want to distract yourself a little bit? We've got a dead guy to to go solve the mystery of. Uh, sure. Uh, 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 uh okay. He, he will. Dr. Crud. Yeah. When you're feeling bad, sometimes it helps to do something good. And also, 20,000 gold. Ah. Uh. Do you, you know what? I, I I need to need to start this investigation anyway. So maybe, maybe they'll know. Oh, 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 oh okay. Aww. He will. He will. He'll stand up immediately. Everything rushes to his head, and he keels over. <laughs> oh gosh, Rolo, you get him, and then I try to get Tanager, but he has fully passed out so i carry him upstairs and lay him on his side on a bed like wedge a pillow did you just ask did you just ask the halfling to to get (laughs) the eight foot tall five foot wide elephant man what do you want to get him oh yeah yeah, i got him he's right there uh you 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 can get this little in my pack there's a, a small flask grab that real quick okay I grab that and I uh, I give you the flask. I pour it into your mouth. Doctor Crud drinks it, shakes his head, and stands up. All right, I'm good. Let's do this. I have a question, Doctor Crud. When you were drinking the alcohol, were you drinking it through your trunk as elephants do, or were you drinking it through your mouth? Because I, I want to imagine that you were drinking it through your trunk. That's how I was drinking and talking to you at the same time. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. It really completes my, <laughs> my day. <laughs> the image of a sad elephant in the bar with like a mug of beer and then the nose just like snaking over to it, <laughs> sucking it up like a bag. And he's, he's complaining the whole time like, this really sucks and the beer's yeah. just going down. <laughs> oh man, that's a bartender's worst nightmare. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, okay, so with that, the group hits the road. Um, it is not incredibly difficult to find this place. A uh, short carriage ride um, away in sort of the nicer part of Nicomoy. Um, a top a cresting hill, there sits a lone palatial manor house. As you approach... You notice that the grounds are meticulously kept. It appears to be two stories with sort of a spire in the front left side. Uh, it comes to like a very severe point, like around the second floor. Um, and you see that the uh, double doors leading into the manor are open at the moment. So is this a dead guy's house? Do you know where we are? There's like a stone gate barrier like edge, and it's got the one cane barrow court carved into it. 
I point to that and I go, we're at the right place. All right, doors are open. Let's not even bother knocking. You've changed so much. You're supposed to knock before breaking in. <laughs> you know what? I, I've i come to a lot of... You, it, it's complicated. We'll talk about it later. The old crud is dead. <laughs> Dr. Crud, who hurt you? Listen to the last episode and you'll yeah. find out. <laughs> Eagle-eared listeners will know. Breaking the fourth wall there, all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you break an elephant's heart, he breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> Fair enough. An ornate cobblestone mudroom sits inside the grand doorway of Dillahunt Manor. There are brass hooks sitting on wooden walls for hats and scarves to sit delicately. Uh, carved coat racks near the edges of glowing vents, lowly dry, mildly damp uh, coats. Also, it, there's a light rain outside. Um, and uh, tightly woven mats scrape away the mud and grime from your shoes as you enter. Is the door to the main house also open? Yes, it is. It leads to a... Dr. Crud will... Dr. Crud will just walk right on through. Uh... <laughs> cool. A massive stone staircase dominates this room, wide enough for a carriage to go up. It leads to a second floor, which is terraced by a square balcony that looms over the lower floor. Uh, the darkwood motif continues into the rest of the house... Uh, but the interior walls are lined with emerald green walled paper, gold leaf pattern. There are a number of people in this room who all look at you very, like, expectantly as you arrive. An older, but still, like, incredibly beautiful half-elven woman stands over the balcony like staring at you with dark eyes holding a glass of wine a smiling drow with like a sharp haircut like little round uh nez pinch like sunglasses kind of stops his conversation he's having with a heavily tattooed and like very rotund dwegar and a middle-aged human man in a seersucker suit and then uh Two humans, both in noble attire, one looking much older than the other, like, clearly stop, like, mid-heated discussion as you enter. The younger one speaks first. Are you the constabulary? Yeah, show me to the dead body. Oh, yes, right this way. Um... Could you make a deception check at advantage? Because while you are not police, you are here to investigate this. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. That is going to be an 18. Yep. That's good. He has, he, he's expecting cops. You said yes. Um, Rollo and Olive, you guys are just kind of watching Dr. Crud storm into a house and then he's going right to work what are you guys doing i want to see uh i want to make a perception check if i can to see anything additional about these people i mean drow and drugar are not traditionally good guys so i i i I look at them and i just kind of size them up a little bit and i awkwardly wave uh, 
Okay, so with a go ahead and make your perception check. So this will give you some visual clues about the targets. Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay, so I rolled a nat twenty. Okay, with a critical perception. All right, <laughs> gnarly. This drow is as slimy as he looks. This man is like very delighted to be here and you can like you see the rest of the people in the house sort of shooting him glances like why are you here and he just responds with like a just greasy used car salesman smile back at him um, you can see from the way they're standing the dwegar is like you don't know exactly their relationship just by looking at him but, like, he defers to the drow. Interesting. Like, they're working together, and the drow is definitely in charge. You don't know wh- why exactly. Um, and I'll just say, with your 22, you'll look at the entire group. That guy in the seersucker suit is seems to be confused as to why he's here. Hmm. Uh, but also like I'll say with the 22 perception, he appears to be a human, but his eyes are like animalistic. Like they're darting around like, like, uh, he he has very non-human looking eyes. Okay. Um, I don't immediately share this with Olive because it would be obvious. (laughs) So I'm, I say, um, uh, greetings, folks. We're with Dr. Crud. Do you mind if we also take a look around? Trying my best to seem professional. The older noble who is arguing with the younger one says like, Oh, uh, yes, please. Uh, I believe you'll be more interested in the West Wing than the East Wing. The East Wing is mostly bedrooms and staff areas. Um, but please, uh, the house is yours to explore. All right. Uh, and may I just ask what your relationship is to the deceased? Why, I am his uh, elder brother. My name is Regal Dillahunt. And is is this your wife? Uh, Olive, are you, like, there, like, <laughs> doing the detective thing, like, next to him? Like, are you privy to this conversation, or would you be off doing your own thing? Oh, I'm definitely sticking close to my charismatic friends. As a person with 82 teeth, I think we counted one time, I'm aware that crocodiles are not charismatic and are great muscle behind your shoulder, you know? So, like, I'll stand there and, like, help with... I'm not taking the help action, but I'm helping look official. Like, I'm the grunt in the suit, you know? Okay, so uh, make an insight check for me, Rolo. And then I'm going to flip over to Dr. Crud, and then we're going to circle back. Insight is an only a nine. Okay, so uh, he says very simply, like, no, that is the widow, Dillahunt. Dr. Crud, you are being led up to the second floor into can we follow can we go with uh or i'll say rollo 
do you follow? <laughs> I think we're, this is a meanwhile. Yeah, this is a meanwhile. Okay. I'm going to go with Dr. Crud the third then, because people in me, I'm, I'm not metagaming and telling you that my charisma is eight. I am inquisitively following <laughs> the doctor. Yeah. So you, like, you all walk in, Dr. Crud going first, going directly towards the body. You hang back for like a second, listening to Rolo talk. You see Dr. Crud up on the second floor landing, and then are just like, hey, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Rolo, you got this. You're a sorcerer. You know how to talk to people. Uh, I, I, I don't. <laughs> it's fine. Go play with the dead body. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> cool. And you both then are led up to the second floor study. It connects to both the landing and the master bedroom. And if you want to draw yourselves a little mental map, just picture a square Divide it into, like, nine squares, and this is top left. Inside the study, before he opens the door, he says, Oh, uh, and please, uh, my name is, uh, oh, sorry, there's so much going on, I've forgotten my own name. Uh, <laughs> That's all right, I understand completely. I am, uh, just take your time. I'm Richard Dillahunt, the son of the deceased. Is this the younger human noble, just to keep all these people straight? Yes, this is the nun younger human noble. Oh, so he's like a quarter elf? Uh, uh, you would assume at this point. Hey. Maybe you should- Paying attention. <laughs> investigate. Um, <laughs> so, he, uh, we um, found my father um, hanging, unfortunately. Uh, we- Brought him down, but uh, otherwise have not touched the body since. What about all the items in the room? Have you touched anything else in the room? No, it was, uh, it was Tropicana who found the body. He's our butler. Uh, you can't miss him. He's a, a toucan bird person. Um, uh, we sent him to rest with a cup of tea. We, he found him, but nary an hour ago. You have excellent response time. We we can't believe the messengers got to you so fast. They um, messengers are amazing in this part of town. Uh, so, uh, with that, like he just kind of forewarns you what you're about to see. He opens the door, and there you find lying pretty much in the center of the room is a dwarf of uh, old age, um, balding gray beard. Uh, really like commandingly sharp suit like it is not like a suit designed to like show how wealthy it is it's sharp lines tight angles and then like just impressive low you know like buttons on it um there is a noose that hangs around his neck and uh otherwise it just at a glance shows all the signs of uh, a recently dead body. All right, Richard, why don't you go ahead, head downstairs. Don't leave. Cause we're still going to want to talk to you more than likely, but uh, you, I don't think you're going to boy. You want to be in the room for the next, this next part. Uh, he goes a little pale in the face and just kind of nods and shuffles out of the room. Dr. Crud then walks over to the body and starts an autopsy. Uh, oh gosh! Cool. Uh, if I could briefly describe the 
<laughs> study for you then. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, do you want me to carry this body over to the bathroom for you, Dr. Grind? That's nah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, this is just a pretty standard nobleman's study. There's a desk with a high-backed chair, though it's sized for a dwarf, so it's about a regular-sized chair, with its back facing, like, a big set of bay windows that overlook sort of his meager grounds. Like I said, there's a desk, grandfather clock, a hearth with a small couch next to it. You see a table has been moved aside, and basically that is where they place the body. Um, if you look above, you see that exposed ceiling beams. There's the other end of the hangman's rope, so to speak. Okay. So, medicine check, please, for your autopsy. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say, <laughs> uh, because of the his recent change in fundamental principles, he is no longer a field medic. He is now a quack. Because he had to give up his pacifism. Uh, so he is going, he's got a new ability called kooky surgery. Oh no. That he's going to use. I can perform a surgery to examine a body, noting recent damage and any disease or, or infections in their system. And since this is a dead body, I won't have to worry about the rest. <laughs> uh, I also, I also have an ability called organ harvest. I can collect up to four, 1d4 organs from slain creatures. <laughs> And I can use them on rolls later in the game if I so wish. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, do to do both. I'm going to take up my bone saw and start the autopsy. Okay. I think it's very important that we clarify the order in which you do things to this body. Oh. Are we uh, immediately starting with kooky surgery? Because that might affect the way it looks in general. Well, I mean, it's it, the ability called kooky surgery. Okay. I mean, it's still an autopsy, okay. a professional optop, autopsy. And I know for some reason I can't say that word correctly right now, but you know what? Oh, well. All right. And then afterwards, I will harvest 1d4 organs. So, okay, good. <laughs> and that that is how an autopsy, it's a fun word for saying you cut them open and you take the parts out. <laughs> <laughs> but... Usually the doctor doesn't keep them. Uh, On their person, in their pockets, not so much. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you strip him down, I assume. Um, yep. And... You, you gotta be naked for the autopsy. What... Sorry, what was the exact effect? You can determine any infection or... Any recent damage, any disease or infection. Okay. Could you give me... Hmm. Yeah, just give me a medicine check on top of this, just to see how hard you, like, succeed on this. Oh, yeah, I figured I'd be having to do the medicine check anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, I rolled a 17, and plus my 8 in medicine. <laughs> is is that a... A 25. That Okay, so just a little behind-the-screen funsies... All my challenges for this adventure cap out at a 25. So you really just slam dunked the autopsy, my friend. 
Well, that it, you the, the, my first role was also the best skill that I am able to have. <laughs> so I mean, it was foretoned. You are Doctor Crud. Yeah. Yes. And you are showing it, my friend. So I'm going to start at the very uh, simple, like fact. Uh, He's dead. He is dead. He is. This guy is not <laughs> any sort of. Um, no, but he died for multiple reasons. You can see, like, basically, as you remove the noose from the neck, there's like small lacerations, like under the noose. You can tell by like the fact that his eyes are like they should be going like somewhat milky by now. Um, are perfectly intact. And then you check a couple other things, and you've seen this before. It's black root poisoning, a very, uh, like, somewhat common, um, very painful, like, uh, and, like, pretty hard to cure if you don't get responded to in time. Uh, you also see faint magical burns around his uh, ears and like there seems to be blood coming from his ears so like you get the idea that like and you see that there is a bit of time between each one of these injuries uh and with like the 25 i will say as you move into the organ harvesting phase uh these organs are not entirely dwarven oh this can't be any of my handiwork can it uh no i don't believe so (laughs) (laughs) um no goblin parts in there (laughs) no goblin it's uh the parts seem like rough approximations of organs almost like chilled like if a kid was to try to draw like a heart it's kind of like actually shaped like a heart and like the liver is just too round you know it should have more like flaps and connective stuff to it um and they sort of slide out of the body (laughs) olive just looks like so what's going on doc what'd you find well, actually, Olive, oh, let me roll this D4 real quick, see how many organs I get that are not fake. <laughs> I get one. I get one organ. So I, I take his brain. Uh, cool. Oh, also, uh, the body died one hour ago. Ooh, okay, one hour. Which is right before they found him. Ooh, that puts uh, Tropicana in the crosshairs. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Olive, uh, first and foremost, it's really cool. Second, he did not die <laughs> hanging. He did not kill himself. What seems to have happened is he was poisoned, cut open, harvested, and then put up to hang like he committed suicide. And it happened an hour ago. Huh. They tried to fake him killing himself. Well, that's just appalling. You guys, when you say uh, an hour ago... You received this letter um, 45 minutes ago. Dr. Crow III, didn't we receive that letter 45 minutes ago? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, I mean, it did come off. To, uh, you know what? I was drunk, so oh, yeah. I guess. 
I was extremely drunk. I, I'm going to have to say, I guess so. You have more area of knowledge and expertise in that than I do right at this point in time. I'm going to um, nod, leave you to the work. I'm feeling a bit hungry with all these organs around. So I'm going to sneak out of the room before I start to drool. And I'm going to go back to Rolo. I'm a crocodile, you guys. Come on. And uh, go back to Rolo. And I'll whisper to him as we, I guess, start his scene. I'll be like... Dude definitely did not kill himself, but someone arranged it to make it look like he did. Got uh, multiple causes of death there. Possible multiple killers, question mark? Okay. And uh, those organs looked especially delicious. Like, one of them looked like the perfect heart. I wanted to snack on it like a gummy candy, so I got out of there and came to you. Also, was it, like, 45 minutes ago that we got that letter? I can't remember. What do you think, Rolo? Wow. That's a lot to process. <laughs> I would like to do a meanwhile, because uh, Olive was in the room with Dr. Crud while he was doing the autopsy, and I imagine that take took some time, leaving you alone to speak yeah. with some of the people. So Chit-chat. I didn't want to leave you out of the loop. I wanted to make sure you got that info. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Th- this would be pre-info, though. Yeah, yeah. So now you can come back with some of your own info in response. Uh-huh. Uh, excellent. Okay. Um, so, yes, who would you have talked to? You you nailed that perception check. Uh, well, I want to talk to the widow and, if possible, the drow. Who would you like to do first? I'll do the widow first. Uh... That sounded worse than I meant it to. (laughs) You ascend the stairs to the second floor where the widow has moved to just sort of like a fainting couch. And she lays with sort of like a uh, beautiful sadness uh, and looks at you with bleary eyes, her like mascara, like streaking her face. Okay, so I'm going to attempt to be incredibly suave here, and I'm going to, like, sort of kneel down. Well, I'm probably already at her level, so on the couch. <laughs> so I just, I I reach out, and I, I take her hand in, like, both of my hands, and I say, Madam, I'm very sorry for your loss, but I am here to do a very specific job, and that is to find out what has happened. So if you could help me with that, I would... I would be most grateful. I ask her if she could answer some questions for me, if she's feeling up to it. Uh, sorry, just trying to get my lady voice ready. Okay, lady voice. All right, drumroll, please. (laughs) Um, thank you so much. This is such a shock to my system. I can't believe he was always such a commanding man. I suppose... I suppose it makes sense he would want to decide his own way out. It's just so hard. I, I sort of pat her hand and say, I, I know, I, I know. Um, what, can you tell me a little bit more about what happened? Uh, who, who, found, who found him again? How did this, how did this come about? Uh, I believe it was uh, Tropicana, the butler. Mm-hmm. He uh, mm-hmm. was... Checking on uh, my husband after his morning tea. I believe he took his tea in his bedroom this morning. Uh, and he discovered him uh, hanging. 
Uh, had Barrett said anything over the past few days that gave you any inkling as to, to his plan here? No, but Barrett ha- has always been erratic, especially in business. He's famous for buying huge amounts of stocks and companies the morning before they end up hitting it big. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Is Tropicana still in the house? Uh, yes, I believe he's in the servants' quarters. Okay, great. I'll want to talk to him as well, but I really appreciate your time, and I may need to come back and talk to you in a bit. So, you know, just just hang out and, and you know, know that we will get to the bottom of this. Uh, she just sort of sighs wistfully. Okay, and now I'm going to mosey over to the drow and, and see what I can find out from this guy. Cool. So you head down to... Uh, the lower floor, uh, you see that the, uh, man in the seersucker suit has left, is no longer there. Um, Hmm. and the, uh, drow and the dwegar were also seeming like heading off to like, uh, towards the, again, the upper left square on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Um, which like they have the door open and you can see it's like a sitting room in there. Okay. But like they, you can, you know, very politely, like they'd kind of turn, see you and you can just wave and be like, Hey, uh, gentlemen, do you have a moment? Ah, of course. We were just, uh, about to sit down and have a glass of brandy. Would you like to come with us? Uh, yes. Let's, let's go to the sitting room and where we can talk privately. Uh, cool. So as you enter the sitting room, I'm actually going to cut away briefly to Dr. Crud. Could you make a perception check, please? Sure. Dr. Crud will roll his perception check as he's wiping his hands off of the guy's clothing, cleaning his hands off. (laughs) Uh, perception is... Okay. That's going to be a 13. 13, uh... You hear, like, it almost sounds like voices. Um, uh, and then we will cut back downstairs to, uh, Rolo. So, Rolo, you sit and, uh, you know, get a glass of liquor poured for you. And, uh, the drow says, like, ah, please, uh, what, what, uh, what's going on? Oh, about, uh, that's right. Old Barry kicked the bucket. Finally decided to buy the farm. Are you a business associate of of Barrett's? He can't even, like, hide how, like, shifty, like, he feels about this. Make an insight check as he goes, yeah, I'm a business associate. Doesn't, like, sound like he should have to. (laughs) Uh, It's, you know... (laughs) Another nat 2022. This guy is clearly a business rival. Ah, okay. Interesting. So, uh, what's your name, sir? I'm Rolo Specklebottom of the Fire Breathing Kittens. Oh, I'm a Blythe Horde. Blythe Horde. And your associate? Oh, <laughs> this is, uh, my guru. 
His name is uh, Dieter von Rickenbach. And you see, like, this sort of rotund way Gargo's like, Oh, hello. Very nice to meet you. I sense you have a very... A guru. <laughs> you have an excellent aura around you. Ah. Um, so, what's what's your relationship uh, if you're... Uh, so you're you're in business together then, huh? I'm playing along with his lie. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I always thought we had a playful little cat and mouse relationship, uh, but apparently the old guy likes me more than, uh, than I thought he did. Invited me over to his house and, uh, I don't know, I, I'm really sad he's dead, but a couple hours... I'm going to be having a really good day. Uh, care to explain that a little further there, Mr. Horde? Look, uh, I know you guys aren't constabulary. I'm, I'm sure you have your own interests here, but I think you're new to, uh, Dilla Hunt's games. Did you happen to get a letter saying some vague stuff? Well, maybe I did. Well, m- what of it? Maybe I did too. And he keeps it like that as he sips from his brandy. All right then. <laughs> not a very good police officer, so I'm not <laughs> sure what to do. Next. Uh, you can always just leave the room. Well, I. Mm, I want to talk to the guru. Um, so, wh- how, what is your relationship with the guru here? What do you. What do you do, Mr. Uh, Von Rickenbach? Well, I'm his spiritual advisor. I take care of his energies. I make sure he's a very powerful businessman. So I need to make sure that he is in the right state of mind to make all of the coins. What uh, business do you guys operate in? I I dabble in myself. Uh, Very quickly, uh... Blythe response, import, export. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have, uh, I have worked in import, export before. I, I know what you mean. It's a, it's a very lucrative business depending on what you're importing and exporting. Yes. And we do transport some very fun and shut up, Dieter. (laughs) Ah, um, you know, I think that I would like to take a walk around the grounds, and I must say, uh, would either of you gentlemen like to join me? You see uh, Dieter kind of gets up and goes like, oh, that sounds like a good time, and then uh, Blythe shakes his head no, and Dieter sort of like sits back down. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to know, can I cast Suggestion on the... On Dieter to to tell him that he's going to come for a walk with me anyway. Would you just be casting this spell or do you want to be in any way stealthy about it? Oh, no, I guess I would want to be incredibly stealthy about it. So Uh, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. I'll take an arcana or a sleight of hand to try to like you know, tie your shoe and, like, obfuscate your uh, spell. All right, I will go with, let's try sleight of hand. Oh, 15. 
So I, I bend down to lace up my boot, uh, just tighten that. And as I'm doing that, I try casting the spell. Uh, you see, as you s- just say, like the first words of the suggestion, uh, not only does your spell not take, but Dieter raises his hand in a counterspelling motion and goes, do not cast magic on me or my compatriot here. That's very rude. Do you know this means that I get to cast the magic on you now? I wasn't casting it on you. I was just were... trying to... What were you trying to do? <laughs> I was using going to use prestidigitation to tie my shoes super tight because I'm really bad at it and it's embarrassing. So, you know, thanks for, for bringing this up. And I'm going to try to uh, bluff my way out of the situation here with a deception check. Please, as you see the true purpose of Dieter. 23. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you see Dieter just goes like, okay, and sits back down. Please don't judge me, Dieter. I just, my, my parents never taught me how to do it. It's a source of constant shame. It is very okay. I, I, there are many people who use magic in bad ways. It's nice that you do it in fun way. If only we had Velcro in this world. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the great wizard Velcro. He used magic in the most fun of ways, but unfortunately <laughs> he has passed. <laughs> the magic has been lost to time. <laughs> uh, and I think about this time would be when you and Olive run into each other. Yes, I, I leave and run into Olive. Oh, can Olive enter the room? And do that thing where the bodyguard leans against the wall. Like, I don't have a suit and black sunglasses on, but I have the stance of a person who does. <laughs> Our arms folded, like. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, like, lean into you, touch my ear, and whisper at you <laughs> and give you those informations. <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, Olive, let's take a walk uh, around the grounds for a moment. That is a great idea. I I just um can I have like 10 minutes here? Okay. Okay. Um I just I want to like lean against the wall so that people forget I'm there. And then I want to do a perception check and observe where the guy in the seersucker suit who is confused as to why he's there is. Is he in this room? Uh okay. He is not in this room, but basically oh. if you lean like on the opposite side of the wall in the first floor landing, you have a pretty good view of both like the upstairs, the downstairs. Um, there's very few hallways that aren't in the servants areas. So like uh, you can pretty much see the movements of people around the house. So I don't see the guy in the seersucker suit anywhere. Uh, he was not in the room with Rolo... Uh, Blythe and Dieter. Interesting. He had left. Yeah, he left before. Uh, was at some time between the autopsy and Rolla's discussion with the widow Lily. I definitely agree to walk around the grounds with you, and I'm keeping an eye out for that guy in the seersucker suit. Okay. As we are walking around the grounds, I um, assuming that we make it out of the house alive. <laughs> <laughs> I I I say, Olive. Uh, I don't know what you found up there. Oh no, I do because you just told me. Um, 
we've got some weird stuff going on here too. We've got the the widow who is uh, pretty concerned. She seems pretty legit. We've got Tropicana the Birdman, who was the first person to find this guy. And then I, I definitely just ran into some super shady characters, the the Drow and the Dwegar, and uh I fill her in about, you know, them and and my um quick cover with tying my shoes. <laughs> if anyone asks, I can't tie my shoes. <laughs> Smooth move. I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> So what do you think that could possibly be? I, I I get the feeling, Olive, that this that uh Mr. Horde and his guy here are gonna cash in because they also received a letter. So I, I feel like something nefarious is going on with this man. Possibly even with the letter delivery system. I mean, do you remember any details about the person who gave us the letter? They had a sharp suit. Is that was it the same guy? Was it the seersucker guy? Yeah. Uh, you would have... Uh, it, it was assumed that it was just uh, a fancy letter delivery service. Like, he had on, like, a somewhat recognizable, like, get-up. Uh, not to give you a, just a direct hint, but the letter delivery guy, not that, not a uh, not a lead. Okay. Okay. So- All right. Your letter came and you know from like getting over here and stuff um i might have messed up the timeline a little bit but there's no way you could have received the letter if this guy died an hour ago he would have have to have written it post-mortem well oh we should examine a handwriting sample my question is if he had a spell that was triggered to go off the moment he died like i don't know magic i'm a monk i don't understand the arcane arts and I'm like, that's possible. I don't know. So if he had a spell that was triggered to go off when he died, could that have been why the letter delivery person arrived right when they did for us? Or or like, would it had to have been delivered before this person died? And is the delivery person, like, is that service common in this world? Like, or is the delivery person part of the puzzle? <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> Sounds to me like a, he left instructions that on his at the time of his death that these letters be sent out. Yeah. And the delivery people were, were informed of his death and then sent the letters out like they were instructed to. Were they informed of his death? And if so, by whom? Was it a magical trigger? Or was it the widow being like, it would take days for the widow to organize herself and her... And his last stuff, so, like, hmm. I'm just going to say to Rolo, hey, Rolo, have you seen the guy in the seersucker suit? Was he wearing the same suit as our delivery person? Is he this delivery person for this group? I don't know what's going on. Uh, They were different suits. Different suits. Okay. Yeah, one guy was just wearing, like, fancy messengers, like a fancy messenger suit. Um. And this guy is dressed like a southern boat gentleman. Okay, so... So we've got someone who's fled the scene. Yes. That's bad. Um, With that thought, uh, I'm going to cut back to do- cut back to Dr. Crud, who has just finished like the autopsy. Um, you know, you've stitched him up. I doubt you're not going to just leave him open, right? Um, and 
Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you've, you're cleaned up and you can resume your actions as per usual. Okay, so Dr. Crud knows that he has been poisoned, and that is probably his main, the main cause of death. So, first thing Dr. Crud's going to do is look around for a, someplace, a uh, liquid dispensing device that he could have drank from. Uh, there is nothing in this room at a glance, and it's pretty easy because there's, you know, it's just like a desk, pretty much, and like a small coffee table. Um... Yeah, no drink mugs. If you'd like to make a perception or investigation on the room, feel free. Um, and you know this room also connects to the master bedroom. Yeah, Dr. Crud, he figures, thinking with his with his uh, his smarts, because he's very intelligent, that more than likely the body was put made to look like a suicide. So they're not going to kill them and stage the suicide in the exact same place. So he's going to go to the next room to investigate, continue the investigation. Cool. So you enter into the master bedroom and uh, nothing super notable. It's just a very lavish master bedroom for a noble. There's uh, multiple wardrobes, um, two nightstands and a giant uh, four poster canopy bed. Um, go ahead and roll your investigation. It's going to be at an 18. Ooh, crud you are. <laughs> More like detective crud. Um, you find, as you're, like, looking around every corner of this room, a the broken handle of a teacup that's sort of scattered under one of the wardrobes. And... Do- Dr. Crud will collect it? Uh... You also notice, just from searching around everywhere in the room, uh, there's a small journal in a secret compartment in his nightstand. Dr. Crud can read, so he's going to read it. Uh, It is a bunch of very vague statements with a time and date next to them. Things like uh, golden crown atop a mountain, white birds, uh, near the docks, explosion green smoke and then you see the last entry dated about four hours ago vultures reaper just two those two words just those two words oh we're changing from two from three to two now hmm dr crud will jump on the bed while he thinks <laughs> It does a nice creak, but this is a very well-made bed, so your weight supports it. I'm definitely picturing you, like, laying on your stomach with your, like, legs bent and your feet, like, kind of kicking in the air like a schoolgirl reading the diary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then... then, Turning turning the page with your trunk. And then as he digests the information, he's going to jump on the bed. Um, Cool. So I think we're all... I think the bed needs to make a strength check. (laughs) Uh, As long as he doesn't bounce. Um, Isn't that what jumping is? Is bouncing? Oh, I thought you just meant like a good flop. Okay. No, he's (laughs) jumping. Uh, The bed 
maintains, but everyone in the house can hear the creaking of an elephant <laughs> jumping on a bed upstairs. <laughs> Too many elephants jumping on the bed. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say as that creaking noise emanates through the house, we can cut back to Olive and Rollo. Someone fled the scene of the crime, Rollo. Yeah, I... I, I know that uh, that is bad and <laughs> and I do think that we should investigate that however I have a strong feeling that the the drow is up to no good it seems like he's a rival businessman and you know given the fact that these notes probably didn't come from I'm thinking didn't really come from Barrett I think they came from someone else I think they're forgeries um because they also got a note and it sounds like he's going to be the beneficiary of this guy's will, his rival's will. And we got a note saying, make sure that his will is taken care of. And I wonder if they hired us, the fire breathing kittens to basically make, make Tropicana, uh, as the killer, Right? And like, you know, if almost they're framing him, I think. But we should go talk to him. But that's my that's my working theory. Talking to Tropicana sounds good. Let's do it. Did my theory make sense? Did I communicate that accurately? It's always good to have theories. I don't agree with yours, but I want more information before I make a decision. Is there any fruit out here? Uh, It would probably be in the kitchen. Okay, so I'm uh, like... Before we go to Tropicana, let's bring some fruit because I love animals and I know that that toucans love fruit. So maybe we can make him feel comfortable, want to talk to us, give him some fruit. I'm always really hungry after my boss dies too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, I said it was an idea. I didn't say it was a good idea. Oh no, I'm on board. <laughs> I head into the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you are met with a <laughs> very beefy looking orc in like a traditional French chef's outfit, though he's ripped the sleeves off and his arms are covered in tattoos. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite person here. This person definitely it was not the killer. They're my new best bud. <laughs> I'm Olive, I say to him. <laughs> hey, chef. He puts out a beefy flower-covered hand. Clark McGillicuddy, I'm the cook. Glock? Mag Clark. <laughs> Clark. <laughs> McGillicuddy? Okay, all right. Olive doesn't miss a beat. The player is confused, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, she goes, Can I have a pineapple? Absolutely. But the old murder got you hungry, did it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'd only eat meat. This isn't for me. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you broke Rolo. <laughs> I got it with this one. <laughs> um, I accept the pineapple from Clark and I say... You know, since I'm here, I'll pump him for information. So I'm like, I, I like start to 
help slice it up because I have my chef's knife. And I, I bet Clark admires the wavy metal lines in the chef's knife because I got the best knife I could find, of course. And I'm, I'm just making small talk as we chop up a pineapple together. And I'm like, sad news about Barrett Dillahunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice man. Though he liked his meat cook well done, which I cannot abide. Ugh, no. Crocodile prefers. Aside from that, good boss. Oh, okay. Good boss, like, uh, paid you well here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty, plenty of coin. Never minds when I'm drunk. So long as the dinner shows up on time. Nice. I do a fist bump. I'm like, how about the missus? She pretty nice too? Oh, absolute horror woman. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Really? She's just on that fainting couch there playing the morning widow pretty well. Is is she a bit of an actress? A bit of an actress. You should hear this house some nights when she gets in her cups. I make a bit of noise. I'm an orc and I bellow. That woman, she's a banshee. Oh, gosh. Oh. Is she, like, yelling at Richard or Regal? Why is she... Who does she have such beef with? Uh, make an insight check. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I, I help with her insight check because I'm also you. listening to this conversation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Because that was a three on the dice. Uh, that is a little bit better. That is a 15. Oh, uh, you see his eyebrows go up when you mention Regal's name. And he kind of gives you like a side eye like, ooh, and like goes back to shopping. <laughs> oh, no, I've never seen her yell at Regal before. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> oh, but isn't that like, wait, isn't that her brother-in-law? Well, oh. I mean, you know she's the second wife. <gasps> oh, that's right. Richard's not an elf. Yeah. Yes, beautiful, beautiful human woman. And uh, then he remarried that horrid hag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Do you know the drow? Mr. Horde? Well... I was told to never allow him on the premises, but uh, seeing as the master's dead, uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. Plus, I gotta make lunch, so, you know, I got other things on my plate. Yeah, there's only so much we can handle. And I'm, like, cutting up the pineapple. Can I... Officially, the, the chef's knife has, like, a... What is this called? Cook's utensils. They have a... DC for create a gourmet meal where I can just roll on a d20 with no modifiers and see how good at cutting up pineapples I am. So if I get a 10 or above, I can create a typical meal. Maybe I cut the pineapple, like, not horribly. And mm. then, like, so can I try that to see if yeah. I can? Okay. Oh, 15. So I'd gourmet pineapple slice. <laughs> Did you cut them into, like, little shapes? <laughs> Shaped pineapple slices. <laughs> uh, you create a beautiful fruit plate, and as you say, like, uh, yeah, we can only take so much. He nods and goes, oh, yeah. Plus, I saw that ghost last or this morning. G -g 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 ghost? <laughs> One more time? Yes. A g -g 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 ghost or a sp 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 specter, if you prefer. Yikes. Where? What did it look like? It was in the kitchen. Big shadowy thing lurching about, headed towards the root cellar. 
I got right out of the kitchen, had myself a drink down the pub. <laughs> I, good, smooth move. That's, see, that's why you're alive, you know? Mm-hmm. We got to think for ourselves. Where's the root cellar there? Oh, it's off in the corner. And points, and you see there's, like, a traditional, like, trapdoor cellar thing. Mind, mind if we take a look, just to see if the spirit's still there? Oh, well, I wish you wouldn't. But, you know, I mean, if you want to die by ghosts, I suppose that's right. I ain't afraid of no ghost. I'm a little afraid of ghosts. I don't understand the whole magic thing and ghosts and magic and all that. I, f- I can't punch it. You know what I'm saying, Clark? I can't punch ghosts. Tell me about it. Plus, you ever see one of them Eastern hungry ghosts? Destroys a kitchen. Don't even enjoy oh, it. Oh, no. Terrible. Uh, oh. Um... So with that, you guys sort of loom over to the supposedly haunted root cellar. (laughs) All of the 510 crocodile is cowering behind Rolo. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I, uh, is Dr. Crud in here yet? Is he, is he found us? Uh, I was just going to cut back to Crud. (laughs) Okay. Crud, you've read most of this journal by now. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you can put together, it seems like a dream journal. Okay. After, like, reading the whole thing, you see the date or the times are always, like, middle of the night or, like, early morning, you know. And uh, sort of the vague imagery that it invokes seems dreamlike. So he was dreaming of his own death for that last entry. That's what I was kind of already getting to in my head. After spending some time bouncing on a bed reading a book. You confirm your suspicions. So you join us right as I'm snapping the lid on the Tupperware of the ornately carved pineapple? I wish, but he had already decided that he he had already known that Tukayan was the last person to see him alive. So he was going to meet you all there, but then you decided to go to the root cellar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, Rolo, I, I tap you on your shoulder and I'm like... Maybe it would be better to face this with Dr. Crud. Yes. I, I'm not afraid of no ghost, but wouldn't it be better to have Dr. Crud with us? <laughs> you know, y- you are right. I wonder if the ghost that the drunk chef found wasn't really a ghost. So maybe maybe we just don't go in the root cellar until Dr. Crud's with us. Let's go talk to Tropicana where he is then. Uh, Yeah. So I guess we'll meet Dr. Crud on the way to Tropicana. On the way out, I put like a heavy thing on the root cellar door and I'm like, don't go in there, anybody. <laughs> Danger. You, you meet up with you meet up with Dr. Crud just as his foot goes into the door to kick it open. <laughs> uh, cool. So if you guys want to have a quick confab, feel free. Uh, or we can just go right to Tropicana. I do want to tell Dr. Crud the Third that we are new to this investigation, but have already lost a suspect. So <laughs> if you see that person in the Southern Boat Gentleman Seersucker suit, just, you know, let me know, because I wanted to talk to them and they're gone. So killer question mark? Missing, I don't know, lover? Something? Why were they here? You know, like, oh, I don't know. So... So keep an eye out. Dr. Crud pauses with his foot in the air. All right, Olive, I'll do that. And then finishes his kick. 
Oh, and I wouldn't kick that cellar door. There's a ghost in there. Oh, no, this is the door to Tropicana's room. Yeah, this is Tropicana's room. Ah, that, yep. Main suspect. Yeah, mm-hmm. kick that one. <laughs> uh, cool, so you kick in the door to find the man in his seersucker suit uh, talking to Tropicana while Tropicana sits on the bed, and uh, the man in the seersucker suit is holding a small notebook. Clearly in conversation with Tropicana, who sits on the edge of his meager servant's bed, a toucan bird person in a butler's suit. And they both look a little bit surprised to see the door kicked open. All right, everybody stop right there. This is a constipulary. I am Constable Dr. Crud. Hands up. I don't <sighs> let's let's just go with intimidate. I'm gonna I'm gonna forego the deception on this one. Let's just see. You want intimidation? <laughs> yeah. I help. I stand menacingly <laughs> behind the giant guy. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, they already think I'm a constable because I did claim to be that in the beginning, so that I think that would be advantage in the first place. Ooh, further your investigations first. Okay, well, uh, my intimidation would be a plus one, so it's going to be a 16. Okay. Uh, so you see Tropicana squawk, throws his <laughs> hands up in the air. Do <laughs> uh, you see uh, the man in the seersucker suit folds his notebook clothes, puts it in his jacket pocket, and then slowly raises his hands. Dr. Crud murder walks up to him, and Sitar would be very, very proud of that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, retrieves the notebook he just put away. I don't think it's very polite to go into another man's jacket pocket. Well, I gotta make sure that there is no other... You have no weapons on you, and you were doing something suspicious, and I need to know what it is. So uh, you're gonna shut the hell up, and I'm gonna read this. Uh, you... Open up his notebook. Uh, you know, you sort of flip through it, and it just seems to be like a bunch of notes. Again, they're dated. You get to where he was currently writing, and uh, you see a bunch of notes on you guys and the fire breathing kittens. And you also see a folded up piece of paper in the back of the notebook. I f- unfold it and read it. I regret to inform you that I have been murdered. It follows much along the same lines as the letter you got from Barrett Dillahunt, but instead of investigating the people who caused his death, he's asking this man in the seersucker suit to ensure that the fire-breathing kittens do not take his wealth as their own. Well, uh, 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 Olive, it looks like these guys got a note just like we did. And apparently, the the rich dead guy thought we were going to steal all his wealth. Yeah. Was that the plan? No. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's fair. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. We're not going to steal the man's money. You're you're good to go. Get the hell out. Um. But- and on your way out. Yes, and what's your name? <laughs> oh, uh, what was his name? 
Yeah, I think we need a good cop to the bad cop over there. <laughs> oh, I'm a Detective Matthias Gunn. Detective Ma- I don't know how that's spelled. Matthias Gunn? Okay, got it. You know that Barrett Dillahunt is going to pay us 20,000 gold for investigating his death and to make sure that the right people get his money. And I show him our note, I guess. So I'm like, we are entitled to 20,000 gold. Interesting. I also was to be given a sum of money at the uh, conclusion of his will reading. So we should work together. You can make sure we only take 20,000 and we can cross one more suspect off our list if you were summoned just like us. So to make sure that we can cross you off our list, what did your messenger look like? Tell us about that. I believe he was of the Silver Wing Messenger Group. And uh, you guys can think back and there was like a little silver wing pen on your messenger. I believe they're the preferred courier service of the nobility. Got it. And because that checks out, I truly do cross this person off my... At least was the hand that gave the poison list of suspects. I'm not saying he's not involved. I'm saying he probably wasn't physically present. So I'm crossing him off the list. So this is the third... This this then is the third mysterious letter from Barrett to different people. Dr. Crud, having read Barrett's secret journal, did you get uh, an idea that the handwriting looks the same here? Oh, we're just we're sure they're from him because the the uh, timing seems a little wonky to to me. I wasn't aware I shared that information. Good on me. <laughs> While we were walking to t- the my t- mistake. <laughs> I mean, did you find a journal in a secret compartment or anything? <laughs> uh, he, he- and if you did. <laughs> Reading this journal from this man I intimidated reminds me of reading that other journal. <laughs> yes, I compare the the the, uh, the handwriting from the letters together to the journals and see if they're all the same or all different. Uh, they are the same. The letters that you received match up to even like the oldest dates in his dream journal. Like this was written in his hand. What, what about the uh, second journal that I acquired from the... Uh, Detective. Uh, the note in it or his handwriting? His handwriting. Yeah, he has different handwriting okay. than the letters that you received. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, this is his handwriting, so he did write these notes. Uh, we're, we're good to go on that. Uh, and this is just a dream journal, and he dreamt of his death four hours before he died. Or actually three hours, because we then we found the journal an hour before, and it was four hours ago. So three hours before he died, he dreamt of his death. Now, Toucan, Butler, Tropicana, Birdie, oh, did you, you brought him his tea? Uh, yes, I, I brought it, his tea to the sitting room, but then that deplorable Mr. Horde arrived, and he got so frustrated and... They had some sort of dispute. I tried not to listen in, but then he requested his tea be brought to his bedroom. Mr. Horde, you said? Yes, Mr. Horde arrived. uh, Okay, it would have been about an hour and a half 
after he had the dream. Okay, so you, Mr. Horde, arrived an hour and a half between two and a half and three hours ago. Yeah. At which point, you took his tea up to his room. Did anybody after did anybody touch that tea between when you brought it to him downstairs and upstairs? I left the tea in the sitting room, and then I left the room. Uh, I I suppose the tea was unattended for a time while I was out of the room, and Barrett, or sorry, Lord uh, Master Dillahunt was talking with Mister Horde. Well, you better hope so, because right now you're the main suspect for poisoning him. Squawk! <laughs> Which happened in the tea that you gave him, that you transport. You gave him the first time, and then you moved upstairs. So, a little insight on that? Come on, buddy. I, I, uh, can you make another intimidation check? <laughs> Just sort of, well, okay, you can go two ways about okay. it. You can either lean in to how aggressive you were being before and really press this guy for information, potentially cracking him, mm-hmm. or you could try to ease the pressure off with a, a diplomacy or persuasion. Yeah. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but while yes, I was being aggressive, I wasn't being as aggressive. My tone, I had softened my tone, and and I also wasn't lying to him at all. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's pretty freaked out by this whole scene. You're the second group of detectives to investigate him, and he also, like, saw his master die today. So, he's just pretty shaken. Okay. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter, because that's an at 20, so you choose. <sighs> Uh, you choose. I mean, if you it's, if we're going softening, you think maybe easing up and getting this guy to speak more naturally would probably work better. Okay, we'll go with that. So it'll be a 24 in total. Uh, I swear I had nothing to do with any supposed poisoning. To my knowledge, he was... He, well, I thought he strangled... I I don't know how, but I saw the marks around his neck, um, and that is when his ghost came to me and told me to pose his body as a suicide. Wait, wait, oh, 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 ghost? <laughs> what? Ghost? Yes, it looked, it looked exactly like him, but he was standing over his own corpse. It had to have been the specter of some sort. Ghost? A g- 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 ghost, <laughs> and this ghost told you to make his death look like a suicide, as a final request. Yes. What the hell was his reasoning? <laughs> the master's always been a peculiar man, but I believe it probably has something to do with his will. He was constantly sending off adjustments depending on the current favor that his children held in his view. Children? There's more than just Richard? Well, yes. His daughter, Samantha. Though she has not stayed at the manor for some, some time now. Alright, so uh, you do realize that you are going to jail. That's body tampering. I... I... Like, he's... He just collapses at this fact. Like, he's just like, I don't... I just... I I just... He was trying to respect his witches. (laughs) 
Okay, well, next time, respect the wishes in a legal way. Now, I will talk to the judge and see if we can get you a little bit of a lighter sentence because you are cooperating. So where's Mr. Horde? And what is Samantha's address? What Olive said. Uh, Samantha's very distant from the house. But, uh, you know, I, I, I personally don't know if even Lord Dillahunt knows her address. Ah. And what of the widow? So to answer Dr. Crud III's question, Horde is in the study that's underneath the study where the dead person was found. And the widow's on the balcony in the second floor. Rolo, if you want to go talk to her. Yeah. I know. I, w- I wanted to know, uh, Tropicana, what, what, if you had any information about the widow in, in relation to the will? Uh, well, uh. I hear she's a wonderful woman. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I am. Un- and I kind of like wink. She, uh, I, I do not know the details of the will. Uh, but I understand the control of his business uh, investments. That is the uh, what really is up for debate. Uh, I don't think he ever planned for her to take over the business. Hmm. Did you and she get along well? Uh, I do my duty to the house. I have no per- close personal relationships with my employers. Can I do an insight check on him as he says that? Sure. Because, like, everybody's got an opinion about their boss, right? Hmm. Well, I wish I could have some of the 20s that are floating around here. <laughs> so, I got a nine. Uh, yeah. He, he like, it's just a very flat servant, you know, plaster response. Man, you are such a well-trained butler. You must have been to butler school, and they must have, like, trained your poker face. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Score. So professional. (laughs) Thank you. I I, I try very hard. Well, I think we need to go talk to Mr. Horde. Uh, Tropicana, don't leave town. Could could we get them all in one room and see what happens? I mean, should we bring the widow, Dr. Horde... Uh, Van Richtofen and Tropicana. Should we get them all in a room and see what happens? You, uh, you want to see them fight to the death? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly what I had in mind, but I mean, that's one way to solve a problem. Well, uh, we can. Uh, usually uh, we wait for the big reveal for that, but I mean, it, whatever you want. I, oh, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I kind of want to talk to Mr. Horde by himself, though, before any, before, so nobody hears it. Okay, I think Rick Tovin will be, or Richtenford will be with him. Dude, Richard Regal, <laughs> Dieter von Rickenbach, Blythe, Lily, Rickenbach, that's it. And Matthias Gunn. And those are our names. <laughs> We, we can put everybody together and then just pull out people we want to talk to separately. That way, both the ideas are good. All right, let's let's do it. To the sitting room. All right, come on, Tropicana. Come on, Detective, whatsoever your name is. Open up his, his book. I thought we were doing this alone. Well, they got to get into the sitting room. Well, I thought you just wanted to talk to what's-his-face alone, to um, Mr. Horde. We will. 
you wanted everybody in the same room, and then we take Mr. Horde out. Oh, but Mr. Horde is in the sitting room. To talk privately. Oh, okay. You can do that? Yeah! <laughs> you can leave a room that you go in? When, when you're this big, you oh. can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was confused there for a minute. He says to the halfling. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Uh, so as you guys start ferrying people around the house, moving them into the sitting room, you notice a uh, young dwarven woman with soft features and like a heavy traveling cloak, um, sort of standing in the doorway, like looking around. And who? Samantha. Ah, uh, yeah, yes, I um, understand my father has passed. Yes, Olive from the Fire-Breathing Kittens, we'd like to question you and then lead you to a sitting room with all the others. Is that okay? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. She sort of shuffles away. She seems very timid. Ah, uh, all right, so uh, I want to make sure we question her and, yes, and take everyone to the sitting room. So... <laughs> As you guys are leading everyone to the sitting room, can Olive take Samantha by herself? Or do you guys want to be there? I don't know. Whatever. It's a big house. Um, so you and not everybody is staying in the exact same place. So if you want to talk to Samantha while Crud and uh, Rolo kind of shepherd everyone into the sitting room, <laughs> like you'd probably have a couple minutes to speak. Yeah, we'll suspect Wrangle. Yeah, good. That way both things get done. I don't want to like say no to their idea. So, um, okay. So, hi, Samantha. I'm Olive. Hi. Um, did you know my father? I received a letter from the Silverwing Messenger Group. Oh. How did you know to arrive here today? I heard that you lived quite distant from here. Um, could you make a persuasion? She seems very fidgety and uncomfortable at this topic. Ah, oh, crap. This is why I don't question people. <laughs> That's why you have 82 teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I have a negative one in persuasion. So my 17 on the dice is a 16 overall. Not bad. S still not bad. Oh, um I um I have dreams sometimes and I just had a really bad feeling about this one. I'm not not very good at interpreting them, but um I guess this one was right. Share your dream with me. What did what did you dream? It was, um, it was vultures and, um, and a man in a robe with a scythe standing over my father as he, and you see, she like, doesn't want to say the word. And then she goes in a mirror. As he, I'm sorry, I missed that word. What? He killed, she saw a video of, er, sorry, a, a dreamt of vultures flying over him, death in front of him, and then him killing himself in the mirror, in a mirror. Um, but she, like, stumbled at the word killing himself. Oh, that was an important one. Um, all right. Uh, there, there. And Olive pats her shoulder and says, it must be very difficult to have lost your father today. And I can confirm that, indeed, you have. Um, and, uh, I, I, my condolences, uh, 
She looks like a little bit confused today. Oh, I had this dream two days ago. Like on the one hand, dang, that sucks. And on the other hand, like, maybe you should have said something, lady. And on the other hand, she just lost her dad. So, like, um, <laughs> well, I, yeah. Keep finding these secret journals. <laughs> There's a whole thing. Uh, I'm going to say, I, I, cause I, I don't want to be like, oh, it's your fault. You should have said something dumb, dumb. So instead, I'll just be like, um, did not say that. Um, I'll just say, like, is this dreaming something that you get from your father? Oh, yeah, but he he was always much better at it than I was. Um, he could really, like, see events and things and, like, interpret them. I just, I don't know. And my timing's always off, I guess. I don't know. He took me out of school. Oh, now I feel bad for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, then she goes on to explain uh, he eventually thought divinatory school was a waste of time and pulled me out before I completed my education. Hmm. And how did that make you feel? Uh, you see, she, like, kind of starts to, like, go into, like, a thing about, uh, you know, like, oh, like, it's a complex relationship with me and my dad. And then, uh, her brother, Richard, is, like, ferried sort of down the stairs, sees her, and just screams, what are you doing here? Get out. You abandoned this fan. And she just goes like, I'm sorry, Richard. I'm sorry. Like, I just came to pay my condolences. Pay your condolences. And like, the whole scene starts to erupt. You see Blythe kind of like sticks his head out of the sitting room with like a, that, that sleazy smile on his face. Uh, Detective Gunn pulls out his notebook. And uh, you see... um. Lily lights a cigarette. <laughs> okay. And then, like the rest of the group wanted, I ferry Samantha into the room with everyone else. And um, I help get the screaming Richard just to pipe down and go into the room. And <laughs> then I, I share all the information that I had with them as we like, like, so we've got everyone in the sitting room. And so we close the door and we're right outside the sitting room. And I share everything Samantha said with me with them. And then now we can enter the sitting room. You guys have all that information. Uh, sorry for diverting. I just, I probably should have done that with you guys. Learning how to role play. All right. In a group. In a group. So what do you guys well, want to do together? Now you've got all that info. <laughs> interrogate Mr. Horde. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Horde, come with us. <laughs> uh, okay. So he gets up sort of like walks away like from the group like actually he stops finishes his drink and then walks over to you is he drinking tea no he's drinking brandy <laughs> that's right okay so we've got mr horde do we also have dieter von reichenbach or just horde uh he's in the room you can do them together or you could do one at a time whatever you prefer rollo you pick who are we interviewing? I think we should split them up because Dieter definitely seems like he's uh, a little more loose-lipped than our friend, uh, Mr. Horde. Got it. Which one should we do first? I think it would be obvious if we picked Dieter first. So let's let's go with Mr. Horde and give him at least a perfunctory interview. 
Got it. So we take Mr. Horde to uh, a side, a side, out of the room with the other people. Mr. Horde. To the kitchen. Yeah, okay, to the kitchen. Because we still have more ornate pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the root cellar. I forgot about this. So many threads here. <laughs> Mr. Horde, tell me, why did you kill him? I assure you. Killing him has no benefit for me. How? Okay, assure me then. Insight check. Uh, I want to know. I'm looking for a deception. That was a 16. Telling the truth. <gasps> assure me. I think very shortly, uh, Mr. Dillahunt's lawyer will be arriving. And announcing that his will is to be read. Uh, due to the stipulations that I've been made privy to by Mr. Dillahunt, uh, if any of his family members are found in any way responsible for his death, as punishment, I get all of his holdings. So again, and again, the uh, knife cuts two ways. If I'm found responsible, it goes to his children, but again... I was never in his will until, as far as I know, this morning. And why did he put you in the will? Who are you to him? I'm his most intense business rival. Most intense business rival. Yes. You want to define that for me? Well, you understand how warriors hunger for battle with another capable warrior? It's no fun just killing grunts. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> I am a true mercantile warrior. I believe Dilla Hunt sees me as an equal. And thus, I am the only one who can properly keep his business afloat, lest his legacy be tainted. Imports, exports are pretty cutthroat. Hmm. Oh, it's so much more than that, my friend. I did not know that I would love this drow, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. And he's definitely going to get the money, because let's be real. Like, one of the family members posed as the ghost, right? So, like, dude's going to walk away with it all. Oh, he's such oh. a BA. Okay, all right. Could have been magic. <laughs> I mean, the specter, right? I'm thinking it was regal. But, yeah, okay, so let's keep going. So what were you yelling and screaming at him about earlier? But You were one of the last people to be seen alive with him. The old coot didn't recognize me. I told him to here to mess with him a little bit, you know, tease him about the letter and, you know, frankly, see why he wasn't dead. I was surprised to see him. But uh, then he acted like he didn't know me. He got frustrated and sent me away. I came back a couple hours later with, uh, you know, my guru. My uh, chakras were out of alignment. And turn out your pockets. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's like the lighter, just, you know, rich guy stuff. Oh, by the way, guys, I found the handle to the cheat. So if we find the rest of it, that's probably the murderer. I forgot to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I lean into Dr. Crud Third and I say... How long ago did the body expire, Medicine Man? Four hours ago. Maybe four and a half by now. 
the body expired? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Hour ago. Hour and a half probably by now. So an hour before we arrived. Yes. And he only slept for four, uh, three hours apparently because uh, he, he was up at four writing this journal. Four hours ago writing the journal. So he didn't get much sleep either. You know what that means. He was tired. He died tired. I've got a theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Horde, get the hell out of here. Go back to the, the sitting room. I want to hear this theory. I want to hear it, too. I think I may be working on one myself. Uh, Detective Gunn leans in and goes, I would like to be privy to this theory. No. <laughs> Go. All right. I didn't even know you were here. I thought you were in there with the rest of them. <laughs> Why aren't you in the sitting room? I was listening through the wall. I gotta keep detecting. What if you were to be consorting <laughs> with his business rival? That's fine, Matthias. You can hang out with us. Um, Actually, you know what we need you to do is can you go up to the second floor study and lean your ear against the ground and write down everything being said in the first floor study in that group of people? You're our spy. Oh, that seems... Seems like an odd thing to do. I don't know if I could hear through floorboards, but I will give it a good old sudden try. Thank you, Matthias. <laughs> oh, speaking of hearing voices, I did hear some voices earlier. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I'm so glad you told me about that earlier when we chatted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So we, uh, you guys have privacy. My DM bits aside. Um <laughs> So, Rolo, what did you want to do next? Well, I just wanted to throw this out there and see if anyone else finds this odd. I remember that you and Dr. Crud definitely told me that he had cartoon organs, right? Yeah. Fake, fake, fake <laughs> organs. Yeah. Fake, fake organs. So Done really so, badly. And so now he's a gut. So, so he has fake organs and this guy has... He didn't recognize this other guy, right? The doctor, Mr. Horde, when he came to visit. So if I were an old businessman and I thought that my kids might kill me, right? Because that, that is implied by the letter from Dr. Horde or the doctor or Mr. Horde. I don't know why I keep calling him Dr. Horde. Mr. Horde might um, kill me. Maybe I would. F uh, or wait, brother. What? brother sleeping with the wife i mean if maybe i fake my own death to see what happens oh no dr crud and maybe i'd make something with cartoon organs um it seemed like a pretty okay. convincing rest of the body to me here here look at this spleen doesn't it look almost right oh that's the one you took they look like a tongue by the way in real life well this is one of the fake yeah. organs you took his brain these are real organs. Like, they're not made of, like, paper mache and stuff like that. Like, these are actual meaty, gooey organs. Okay. So they're just incorrect for a dwarven's physiology. So, they're not dwarven and they're not goblins, so they can't be in that body. So, somebody took his organs out and put these other organs back in. That's possible. But you were the first one to cut into him, weren't you? Yes. Did he have any old surgery scars like these organs had been placed in to supplement his lifespan or health? Uh, I can roll for uh, <laughs> family history. 
Uh, okay, Niam, would I have noticed any surgical scars or? No. Uh, the body was untouched by surgery. Hmm. Was the esophagus <laughs> open inside? So was it stuffed? In other words, was it stuffed down his throat? Like a turkey. Yeah. No, it was not stuffed. Like these organs, you did have to cut them away. They, they just like, uh, the connective tissue was soft. Like these were a natural part of the body. When I meant, when I said they were malleable earlier, I just meant they came around too easy. With my 25 from earlier, was I able to positively identify the body as his? I want to say with the 25, you know, the body there is not a dwarf's body. All right, guys. Um, oh, did they polymorph someone? I might have still been a little drunk earlier, so <laughs> I'm now remembering that <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> I'm thinking we don't let Dr. Crud on his own anymore. <laughs> kind of leaving out vital pieces of information here dc well, well to got, be fair got a lot of info dumb to, to be fair i didn't receive that information until just now myself <laughs> okay okay let's go over what we know all right the body was not a dwarf's body some of the organs weren't dwarf organs the body was untouched by surgery and it died an hour before we arrived. It was a dwarf on the outside. So it was a dwarf's body. But you, like, with your 25 and sort of putting all these pieces together, these in the interior makeup is like, this is not a dwarf. This is something. It's a dwarf on the outside, not a dwarf on the inside. It's a dwarf on the outside, but <laughs> gooey on the inside, like a like a <laughs> elephant or something. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was going to use like a candy analogy, like a chocolate egg. Like <laughs> ah, um, it's, a, okay. it's a Cadbury cream dwarf. <laughs> okay, well then, mm. um, I, I feel bad that I just faked out Samantha. <laughs> uh, oh, mm. I, I, it didn't click until just now, so you didn't fake her out. I kind of flummoxed it up for you. Okay, okay, so... So we have a messenger service that has been initiated by the air quotes death of a person magically when the person didn't die. I'm going back to that messenger service because it's how did we know? Like, who's <laughs> I know the DM is like, don't go there. I'm like, OK. All right. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's a valid theory. It's just like, you know, it's it's the mystery of like, I know all the secrets. So sometimes my face betrays me. <laughs> oh, 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 you oh. need to go to the butler school to get better poker face training. <laughs> right. Listeners, he does have a very expressive face, listeners. So <laughs> Olive, Rolo. So the ghost was standing over his body. The ghost oh. was in the kitchen and going into the cellar. Mm. We need to get our happy butts into that cellar. Yes, we do. Good idea. Dr. Crud kicks open the cellar. Yeah. Uh, cool. Could everyone just re- uh, mm. Roll initiative. We'll make a perception <laughs> check, everyone, first. Seven. You. Six. I am finally gifted with the high dice values. 25 for Olive. Olive. 
your crocodile eyes. You know from like when you're feeling lazy and you just like crocodile crawl around on your belly, like the tracks that dragging something very heavy leaves. As you like go to the trap door and like, you know, Dr. Crud's about to kick it open. You see like drag marks and your eyes sort of like go back and you see drag marks leading out of the kitchen, which is in the top right room across the uh the foyer into the sitting room hmm. not coming down the stairs like you would expect if the body was dragged from the master bedroom there would be drag marks leading from the master bedroom down the stairs into the kitchen this is just one line from the door of the sitting room leading into the trap door in the kitchen mm. You guys mm. see me follow that smear trail across the ground from the sitting room into the, or like for the door of the sitting room, because there's a bunch of people in there, so not inside it, back to the cellar. So, like, I obviously share this information with you just by, like, bloodhounding it. Kick. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Cellar or sitting room? Cellar. 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 Okay. The tracks went into the cellar, right? Mm-hmm. Into the cellar, yes. Okay, okay. So you kick open the door to the root cellar and it's pretty standard uh drying things hanging from rafters you see like kegs of wine fermenting you also see big barrels of pickles hey olive you 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 got the 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 drag marks can can you follow them still sniff sniff (laughs) with your 25 (laughs) even in this dirty dusty root cellar you sniff, 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 and then you get a whiff of something, not cucumber, being pickled. Oh. Um. You are led to a barrel with its lid slightly ajar. Oh. Dr. Crud rips it open, as he's been opening, ripping open a lot of things lately. <laughs> you are met... With the pickling corpse of a one Barrett Dillahunt. I found the real body. Autopsy time. (laughs) We can get back to this autopsy in part two, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) We were joined for this twisty, turny (laughs) murder mystery with Olive. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Dr. Crud. Wee <laughs> And Rolo. I'm so confused. <laughs> Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening site so that we can get even more listeners. Yay! Yay! I love you all. <laughs> Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you.
You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Yes, that's right, you really can own a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front. Or one of your favorite characters. Welcome back to the Fire Breathing Kittens. We Thank are you. once again joined by Rolo. Howdy, folks. Dr. Crud. That was my line. <laughs> and Olive. Howdy, folks. <laughs> that was Dr. Crud's line. Everybody wants to be Dr. Crud. Well, you know who doesn't have any more lines? Barrett Dillahunt. Oh, too soon. <laughs> Optopsy time. But how soon was it? We will find out during this autopsy. Dr. Crud, go ahead and roll up that medicine check. Yeah, Dr. Crud will uh, pick up the barrel, dump him out, rip his clothes off, and roll the cookie surgery. Uh, say your roll, but the first thing you would notice, he is not clothed. Somebody has already stolen his clothing. Oh, this guy's naked already. Saves me a little bit of trouble, but we might want to note that. That's going to be plus eight. That's going to be 22. Uh, no real greater mystery about this one. Died from a, a stab directly in the heart. Older man... While he was once virile with many levels of commoner under his belt, age has sapped <laughs> away his hit point pool, and unfortunately it was a death blow. Inspection of the organs, everything lines up, age, wear, habits, this is Barrett Dillahunt. Time of death? About 30 minutes after he wrote in his dream journal. So, okay, so approximately three and a half hours ago or four now that uh i guess a out a half hour is gone yeah and i recover three organs from him that i pocket cool do you collect organs i i use them in my medical practice ah that's <laughs> spare parts you need spare parts did did he have the tick box on his driver's license? Doesn't matter. He cannot object. It's an automatic opt-in system. You have to specify <laughs> to opt out, like all good countries do. Ah, okay. <laughs> Go Nick he, he can't object. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't opt out. <laughs> all right. Italy has an opt-in automatically system, and it works incredibly better. For the, like, we lose 4,000 American lives every year to liver donation. Um, like, the opposite of a surplus. What's that? Lack of livers. Deficit. For liver donation. Deficit. And you know it's not fatal to, do to donate your liver, so you could just be donating your liver and saving 4,000 lives a year. And, like, anyway, so we should have an automatic opt-in system. I feel very passionate about this. So, keep going. Dr. Crud, take those organs. <laughs> Yes, I, I take every single, I, I take three of them, so I now have four <laughs> organs that I can use 
today before they ride away. Um, and I also leave this body the exact same way I left the other one, just splayed open. <laughs> the best doctors do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're such a mixed bag. <laughs> I'm curious. Is the doctor in Dr. Crud in quotes? No. It's not Dr. Crud. It's actual Dr. Crud. Okay. Just, he, just. Yeah. <laughs> He's just been hardened by years of compassion fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so yeah, you now have some new information for your detective journals. All right, guys. So we have the real rich guy dead in this barrel, naked, with a stab through the heart, uh, died 30 minutes after he wrote in his dream journal, which I have right here. And, uh, then he was, oh, he was stabbed in the heart. So there gotta be blood somewhere. So we got to figure out where he was killed. Yes. And why there's a fake body upstairs that looks exactly like him. Yes. (laughs) So from what I understand so far is he faked his own death, got his butler to hang up the fake body. And well, we also need to figure out who the hell that was. So there's been two murders. And then. Yes. So, yeah, we, uh, where's the blood stain? Oh, we know the motive now. The will. So, just hear me out for one second. The real Barrett Dillahunt was killed half an hour after he had a dream that he would. So 3.5 hours ago by a murder. And then someone faked a suicide so that it would look like a suicide. So what would changing a murder to a suicide do for the will and how does that person benefit and that's our motive for the second murder and we can rule out a person for the first murder so we have to figure out what being a suicide would change lily well i guess we're gonna we're gonna have to listen to the will it's lily lily's the one who said she could always see him killing himself and she's the one who's sleeping with his brother i mean uh (laughs) She's a wonderful woman, but Clark told me not to trust her. So we should talk to... I I think Lily did it. Lily did one of these murders. She wanted to make it look like a suicide. Well, they always do say that the first person you'll look at is the, is the family member right next to him. The spouse. You want to bring her down here? No. Into the root cellar? Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> Why not? Maybe- Oh, maybe walking in and seeing that we found the body would like yeah shock her into. We can confront her. Maybe no, because yeah. But if we ask her to come to the root cellar, she'll know that we know right away. Maybe we should bring the body into the kitchen. All right, Doctor Crud picks up the body, walks ah! up the steps. <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't that tip our hand? And with no, so with. These kind of confrontations, you want to do a one-two punch, like, to seal the deal that we we know it was you. We have the proof, you know, or we can fake it. Like, all we really want is more information because, like, we can't prove it was her, right, who killed the second person, and we don't know why. What we should figure out is who was the second person who was killed. Upstairs. Yes. Yeah. The not-dwarf. The not-dwarf. 
So the organs that you got were from a different race. So we can rule out that it, so it was, how many kids did this guy have? And are any of them missing? Uh. <laughs> are any of the servants missing? Actually, that's, that's what we should figure out is who is the killed person? Because Lily killed him, right? But like, who are they? <laughs> Would my medical expertise allow me to identify what race the organs came from? Mm, I'll give you a nature check at advantage. Okay, I'll take that. It's not as good as my medicine check, though. <laughs> All right, nature. Where is nature? Oh, oh, it's actually only one less than my... <laughs> I forgot that I caught proficiency in that. So, 24. These are the organs of a shapeshifter. That is why they look so odd and cartoonish, because they are designed to change shape into whatever sort of new body they need to fit. Shapeshifter? A changeling, doppelganger, something of that nature. You just see Crud, uh -oh. Dr. Crud's face go dark. Shapeshifter. How you doing over there, Dr. Crud? <laughs> Dr. Crud, we need to go back to that body. We need to take it to a uh, a necromancer. And I need to question this body. Hey, Rolo, Dr. Crud went to a real dark place. Uh, Dr. Crud, buddy. Yeah, yes? Um, you know, we're your friends, and... We care about you, and thank you. I just wanted to know if you were okay, because it's. I'm getting a read. Let's call it that. Maybe you're not okay, and I don't want you to go and do anything rash. Do you want to talk about it? I just want to question that dead body. How's that rash? That seems. That seems unreasonable. Um. Oh no, Olive finally realizes as she's like, she's lifting an ornately carved pineapple to her mouth to taste it and it's not meat. So she's making a puckering face and that's when she remembers Dr. Crud feeding Jenny, his daughter, and her crocodile eyes widen and she looks right at Dr. Crud the third and she says, Dr. Crud the third, where's Jenny? We need to question the dead changeling so we can find out oh no <laughs> he's had a break rollo <laughs> oh no um, um so, so okay uh yeah you can send one of the couriers or like call for a courier to call for a necromancer so you don't have to leave the scene so to speak but um i'll say with like oh. Oh, no, we're not actually doing it. We're, Dr. Crud III is just... Mm. Yeah. The body ain't going anywhere. We can take it over to the necromancy any time. Yeah. yeah, and you know necromancers, you probably only need the head. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. If I have I a head to collect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, while he bone saws that head off, again, this is questionable, but anyway, as he does that, um, I, I just have a uh, rules question. So... Would I know if uh, Dieter would know if I walked in as and I had cast greater invisibility upon myself? Would would like does that give off like a magic aura that he's picking up on, or did he just know that I was casting a spell? 
No, he uh, he made a perception check against your. I sort of baited you into that uh, sleight of hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he beat you in a check, saw you were casting something, and then ready to counterspell. If you ah. just walk into a room invisible, you know you you're good. That's the point of the spell. Okay. Well, I, I so guys, I have that up my sleeve too. If we're yeah. You know, if I need to spy on anyone, maybe I could do that. I can be real quiet. You know who we haven't talked to yet, you guys? Who? Regal. R- Regal? And he was yelling at his sister, Samantha. No, that's Richard. Regal. Regal and Richard were in an argument when you came in. Yep. Uh. I suspect that... Someone who wanted to make it look like a suicide instead of a murder for reasons of where the money goes. So remember, if a family member is the one who killed Barrett, then the money leaves the family. So rather than have the money leave the family, the wife, Lily, killed this changeling person to make it look like a suicide because it's hard to fake uh, a stab wound in the heart. So rather than try to patch up the body, she just created a new body and Defo killed it with some poison and stuff. Anyway, whatever. And then so faking the suicide means that the money stays in the family because it was a suicide, not a murder, which means either Regal or Richard or Lily killed Barrett. And then in his dying, whatever, he said, haha, you'll never get the money. I don't know, whatever, how that information was transferred. But so the killer of Barrett was Regal or Richard or Lily or Samantha. And then Lily killed the changeling to keep the money in the family because otherwise she gets nothing. Theory? Yeah. Anyway, so let's in- let's interview Regal. Or it was or it was Mr. Horde. Or the Mr. Horde has the same thing though, right? Or Mr. Horde kills him and makes it look like a suicide and then he still gets his business interests, right? I know you hate the drow, but I think he didn't do anything. <laughs> Mr. Horde only gets the money if he can prove that the family yeah. killed him. He's actually on our side. Okay, so... Um. So, Rolo makes a <laughs> note to himself that he is, like, super glad that Detective was not what he chose as a career. <laughs> because he's super bad at it and is just so confused. He's like... Lead on, fellows. So what we should do is interview Regal and find out why he was yelling at Richard when we walked in. With suspicions that he killed his brother over his brother's wife. But don't tell him that. But that's what we all suspect. So do you guys want to interview Regal? All right. Sure. In the kitchen without the body. (laughs) I'll stand behind the door and wait for a cue to enter with the body. (laughs) Oh, God. Just right. throw okay. him up the okay. trap door. How do you explain <laughs> this? You're prepped. Okay, I will. I'll end the scene with that. Okay, and then Rolo and and me will go get a. Oh, you know what? We could do that to every single person and see how they react. You know, we it. move them from the sitting room one at a time into the kitchen and then into another room. Every time we're about to end, Doctor Crud comes up with the body and throws it down, and it's like, look at this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so so we go get Regal from the sitting room and bring him to the kitchen and offer him ornately carved pineapple. 
you see the sitting room is in a little bit of a hubbub as the lawyer has arrived or the executor of his will. Uh, you already know the big reveal of like, if this is a murder, you don't get the money. And uh, you see Regal, Richard, like everyone pretty much except Samantha and Mr. Horde are like pretty upset and like, this is preposterous. He can't make last minute changes and expect them to be held true. And, you know, but you guys know, like, you already know this stuff. Wait, if it was a murder full stop or if it was a murder by the family? Oh, uh, if... The responsible fan, like, if there's no, like, okay. If you're responsible for his murder, you get taken off the list. If it's, it was collusion between multiple parties, the family's off the list and it goes to, uh, Mr. Horde. Darn, I wish we'd stopped that lawyer (laughs) from getting to the (laughs) sitting room. Uh, (laughs) Horde warned you it would happen and then you guys took time to do the autopsy that's true okay can we get regal in the kitchen yeah you can pull him aside it's not like that much of a hubbub um it basically causes a bunch of finger pointing of like well i didn't kill him and then it's like well it was a suicide and it's like well then why are there so many investigators here like um so you can pull regal into the kitchen you see he is very upset about being questioned like a common criminal. Oh, no, I'm not questioning him like a common criminal. I put ornately carved pineapple in front of him. <laughs> I put him in the most luxurious kitchen seat at the head of the table. And I sit down and I say nothing. And I look at him and I wait. <laughs> I, I start snacking on the pineapple, too. And I say, don't you just love fruit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat citrus fruit. It's for sailors. You're missing out. Pineapple. Oranges. Lemon in your tea. Are we going to sit here listing citrus fruit, or do you have a question of some pertinence? I was really excited about the citrus fruit. I was just going to get into key lime and how sweet they are, but all right, if you want to talk about something else, what would you have in mind? How about... The fact that clearly Richard has killed his father, trying to stage it as a suicide to speed up the rate at which he will receive the company so that he might drive it into the ground with his foolish business decisions. Yeah, let's talk about that then. Well, I think I've said there's all to be said. The boy's a fool. Would you make... (laughs) Would you make better business decisions? What qualifies you to make better business decisions than Richard? Uh, could you make a persuasion check, please? Oh, crap, you guys, I'm an alligator. I assist, I assist. (laughs) (laughs) Assistance! Just assisting in the background, continuing to list fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for the assistance. Like, seriously, you get to roll twice on a die, so I got an 18 the second time. Whew! So my persuasion is only an 18 minus 1 is 17 down. (laughs) So that's good. I have been aiding Barrett in his business affairs for years. And while, yes, he had a keen eye of foresight into business that I could never replicate, I know I could do much more with my younger brother's business than his fool of a son ever could. 
The door opens. Dr. Crud throws the body on the table. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why you killed him? Preposterous! I was out all evening. This is what what sort of manner of puppycock and tomfoolery. I accuse you of tomfoolery, sir. And he gets up and starts huffing out of the room. <laughs> Dr. Crud grabs him and throws him back in his chair. I didn't say you can go. Odang. You lay hands on me in my ancestral home? I just did, yes. You have the wrong person. I have an alibi. I was playing pinochle all evening with my compatriots down at the card club. Names? Uh, he gives you a list of names. I can't think of four fantasy pinochle players <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> Sending was that at numbers? the fantasy pinochle guild? Yeah. <laughs> Is that where you were? The FPG? <laughs> Olive uh. points to the body and says, he didn't die last night. <laughs> J'accuse you. He looks caught. Deer in headlights, kind of. If he looks caught, Dr. Crud is going to uh, roll a uh, persuasion. Spell it. That's a nat 20. 24. It, um, what he, you, see, you see, he was caught in a way that he misspoke. I, I had nothing to do with the murder. What Lily decided to do with that cursed cravat was her own business. What cravat? The cravat that was used to kill him. I never said it was a cravat. And what is a cravat? Uh, it's like a sh- very short necktie. Uh, Dr. Crud, you think back to that 25 that you got when you were first examining the corpse. It indeed suffered uh, perimortem strangulation. Yeah, the lacerations, right? Well, those were small cuts, but, like, he also had, like, you know, like, the purple marks on his neck, like he was, like, hung, or, as you can probably are putting together now, choked by a magic cravat. Garroted by a cravat. Yes, a garrot with a cravat. (laughs) Cravated? The cravat of garroting. So, while... Okay, so, when he mentions Lily, I sort of hop up onto the table... And I say, oh, yes, the widow. And how long have you two been sleeping together? (laughs) (laughs) I'll continue on that last nat 20. She came on to me a number of years ago, and I have Mm. done my best to push her away. But her affections will not be spurned. She must have gone absolutely mad with lust over me and decided to end her husband's life. So how do you know that she garroted with a cravat? Uh, she told me of her plan, and I tried to convince her otherwise. But you know, I, I never thought she'd actually go through with it. I want an insight on that one. Yeah. I, I aid your insight. Okay. I look deeply and meaningfully into his eyes. That's going to be a 16. Yeah, he... You don't know entirely how deep he is connected to this, but 
he is trying, he's clearly trying to throw her under the bus for the whole thing right now. Dr. Crud makes his, his brother look at him. You want to try that again? As he's doing that. So the giant elephant is like making him look at the, and the tiny halfling comes up and grabs him by the scruff of the neck and tries to intimidate him into um, spilling his guts. Forcing his head closer to the ornately carved pineapple. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he he totally it breaks him in a different way and just he starts getting very angry, going, You should have just given the company to me. None of this would have happened. You would still be alive if you just would have made one sensible decision in your life. Uh you think this is about all you're gonna get out of Regal at the current moment. Alright. Uh, so Oh, I was going to say, we, we need to keep Regal away from everybody because, and we also should let him know that he, he needs to roll over on Lily and not in the way that he's used to. Ew. Right. Uh, Regal, roll over on Lily, just not the way you're used to, and get in cellar. Uh, absolutely. As I said before, this was entirely her idea. I had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Which was her idea? Your brother? Or the changeling. Changeling? And you look, you see, he looks truly unaware of whatever you, you're talking about. Sweet. Two killers. All right. Call, <laughs> call on the next one. Wait a minute. I feel like I need a board with yarn on it to, like, <laughs> understand everything that's happening here. <laughs> so much is going on. He didn't realize that he was killing a replacement of his brother. Huh. So he and Lily arranged for it to look like a suicide. They killed the changeling. And <clears throat> so that means either Lily knows there's two corpses or she doesn't. And we're about to find that out. Yeah. All right. So go hide in the cellar. <laughs> so we can do our dramatic reveal. With Dr. Crud and the body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dr. Crud's going to be behind the door again with the body. Just just waiting for the opportune time to bring it out. Uh, <laughs> and you gotta keep him quiet. He's gonna try to squeak when when Lily talks. Make sure he can't overhear. Like, hold his ears or something. <laughs> Re Regal, if you say a word, you see this uh, big old elephant foot. It's gonna come down on your head. <laughs> you gonna squish his head? Oh my gosh! This cannot be proper constabulatory behavior. <laughs> We're not the constabulatory. <laughs> We're the constabulatory. If you get it. Uh, cool. So you call in for Lily next? Yes. And it's yeah. just Olive and Rolo. Dr. Card's going to pop out of that cellar whenever he wants with the corpse. Um, Ta-da! It's a dead man. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we bring Lily into the kitchen and we offer her ornately carved pineapple. Uh, she, like, d denies it, doesn't feel like eating, lights a cigarette. Mm. I say, you don't like fruit? I love citrus myself. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to start listing fruits again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Like, <laughs> tangelos, uh, clementines, no seeds there. It's fantastic. <laughs> Ruby red grapefruit. <laughs> Meyer lemons. Please, please, please. Why am I here? I have nothing to do with any of this. My husband has died. So how long have you been sleeping with Regal? 
Uh, she's just going to make a composure check. Ooh. <laughs> Regal wishes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. Why did you drive Samantha away? Oh, that was not me. That was entirely Barrett. He was too hard on the poor girl. Not all of us can be so in tune with the future sight like he can. Like Richard is? Oh, no. Richard's a human. He has none of the dwarven insight. Why is he here? Is he blood-related to his father? Yes, though he looks more like his mother, the late Lady Dillahunt. Oh, got it. That's right. <laughs> no such thing as a half-dwarf. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad. And he didn't get the sight. Oh, I feel bad. Okay, all right, but continuing. Okay, so then, with the only possible heir living far away, and with Richard lacking the sight... What were your husband's plan for the future of the company after he was gone? Oh, he still would have passed it to Richard, much to Regal's uh, anger. He was constantly shouting at Barrett. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised now that there's rumors of murder going around if, if, if it wasn't Regal that did it. The door opens, Dr. Crud comes in with the body, puts it on the table... They're not rumors. <gasps> she looks shocked. <laughs> Stab wound in his chest. <laughs> she looks shocked. Also, he's been autopsied. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And not sewn yeah. back up. I think no. Oh, yeah, the wide incision right there. Oh, man. Uh, but there's no, like, I believe the word paramortem was used. There's no paramortem bleeding or anything. It was clearly a post-death cut anyway so um lily looks shocked you said uh yeah hmm why are you shocked lily because uh, this corpse is supposed to be upstairs with noose around its neck garroted by a cravat <laughs> that that she looks double shocked yes i there's two barrets i what and why is he naked and so pruney <laughs> well, he's pruny because he's old. He's naked because his clothes are off. <laughs> well, you know, he's probably pruny because he was in a pickle jar for four hours. But <laughs> yeah, he's not pruny. He's pickled. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. So, who did you kill upstairs? I didn't kill anyone. I just. The last time I saw uh, my husband, Barrett, he was in bed, and I left a present for him on his nightstand. The Though, poison? No, it, it, was a, it was a little neckerchief that his brother had purchased for me to give to him. Mm-hmm. Dr. Crush slams his hand down on the table. Liar, tell me the truth. Uh, give me an intimidate. I would happily give you an Intimidate. And I grabbed the wrong die. I didn't roll my green one. Crap. <laughs> the weighted one? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's uh, it's an eight. You see, she goes stone-faced. Some of this, like, horrid hag of a woman 
like kind of comes out at her and she just clams up. I don't know what you seek to gain, but there is no further questions than me. If giving your husband a present is so wrong, if anyone has reason to kill my dearly beloved husband, it is his brother. Thank you for your words, ma'am. Um, we're going to take you back to the sitting room, and everyone's going to chat for a little bit. Yeah? We're all going to chat before we get the next... I-, I thought she was going to the cellar. Oh, okay. So she can't warn anybody else. <laughs> there, there's also sitting rooms that you could put her in, like, by her... Or, sorry, uh, servants' rooms that you could just, like, stick her in where she'd be by herself. I think we should put her in with, uh, so I, I whisper quietly to my friends, I think we should put her in the room with Regal and I'll be invisible in the room and listen. <gasps> yes, I will help with shutting the door. <laughs> okay, okay. What, 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 he, he's in the cellar, so. Yeah, we're going to put her in this, ma'am. Could you please wait for us in the cellar? It is a secure location, and we can guarantee your safety there while we continue the investigation. There is a killer on the loose, you know. Uh, all right. Probably you. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, and then as I close the door on her going into the cellar with Regal, a totes let Rolo in. <laughs> all right. So I, yes, I cast... Uh, greater invisibility on myself. Uh, cool. So, Rolo, you sneak down behind, and you <laughs> see, like, a few moments pass as they, like, are looking at each other, and then Lily runs to him. Regal embraces <gasps> her in his arms. She goes, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so- they just, they seem to know exactly what happened. He says, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's I'm sure we can get a, a barrister to help defend us, but they were speaking of poison. If, I don't know. Maybe we could fight for attempted murder. If if Richard really did kill him, if someone else attempted to kill Barrett last night, then we might be okay. She goes, I, I sold you out. He goes, it's okay. I sold you out too. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch two terrible people in love. Could I do like a performance check to see if I can pretend that I'm the ghost of of uh, Barrett and spook them. Do you have the, um, well... I have a magic cape that adds my adds to my um, performance roles, actually. Well, I'll allow you to do it, but keep in mind you don't know what Barrett sounds like. Well, you don't know it, what dead people sound like. They might sound different. <laughs> <laughs> good, good point. So Can't argue with that. I, I make my voice incredibly raspy sounding, so it sounds like I'm coming from beyond the grave. And I make a performance check, and I got an 18, and that's before even like I think I got like plus six from that cape. So yeah. Uh yeah. So I guess. Uh, Regal and Lily shriek and Lily goes ah the drunken chef was right there is a spirit and I uh, I'm trying to think what I could say to get them to uh oh I know it was you Lily 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't... You just... You never loved me like you loved her. That's because you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She just breaks down crying. Regal starts, like, stepping up and being like... And you're a sorry excuse for a brother. Oh. Oh, hearing that from you, Barrett. Such irony. I'm glad you're dead. I... I really have no exit plan from this because I don't want to just open the door <laughs> as an invisible person. <laughs> so softly <laughs> tapping at the like, heavy up. <laughs> yeah, like I, I sort of like quietly scratch at the door, like hoping that they'll. I was waiting for this, so I open it. Cool. Okay, good. <laughs> Doctor Crow takes his place behind the door with with the body. <laughs> Reload. Can you can you just chat with us for a little bit before you reload yeah. the body thing? Okay. So oh, oh, uh, all right. Okay. But then you can go back to the, yeah. So um all right. So let's just recap stuff we've learned. Okay. Lily didn't know about the spirit. Lily definitely was banging Regal. <laughs> Probably banging right now during our discussion. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Lily was shocked that there were two Barretts. So she didn't kill the original or she didn't kill the second one because of the death of the first one. Um, and then I think I, I may have a piece of the puzzle here, guys. If nobody knew that there was a changeling replacing Barrett, it's possible the changeling killed Barrett to take his place. But who does the changeling work for? The HHO. The HHO. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that Rolo knows about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because our boss Mulesag, remember, he's been out of commission because he was taken. He was unconscious for three months because the changeling took his place. Oh no, I missed that in the meeting. <laughs> That's why we've been taking the messages for him because he's recovering. Gotcha. Okay, the HHO. <gasps> <laughs> All right. So then, it's possible that. Samantha and Richard, the children, are just innocent bystanders that the changeling killed their father. And then just in the worst timing ever, Lily and Regal also tried to kill their father, accidentally killing the changeling, which would make, unfortunately, my favorite person, Blaith Horde, not inherit the money because <laughs> it would go to Richard. But honestly, I feel like that's some some FEMA discrimination against the daughter samantha like at least she partially inherited the gift i think he's kind of a well they're estranged well yeah i like i i'm judging this guy barrett was not cool he should have given i agree with with regal that he was sending the company to the wrong person (laughs) like if, if insider trading was what they were doing so you really need divination for that so at least samantha could have been like trained in it so anyway i also agree that barrett was a jerk and i will take his twenty thousand gold he is a jerk samantha explained uh (laughs) they became estranged because she's really bad at divining so he like but it but like richard can't do it at all like so what is that that's just like i well at least you're a boy you get a penis you get the company good birth (laughs) well well no 
it was it was the bad divining plus the fights that were caused by it. Hmm. So he was basically like, you're not getting this company. You're a bad diviner. And she's like, fine, dad. I don't even want the company anyway. I'm going to go live on a mountain. <laughs> okay, that's also bad. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, it, It's bad for just a slightly different reason. Yeah. This whole family's messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get when the patriarch can see the future. <laughs> hmm. It's some interesting stuff. There, there's only one. There's only one problem I see with it, with the HHO, because every time they've taken someone, they haven't killed them. They've just stored them in coffins. That does seem to have been the decision of the changeling who was dispensed to the situation. I know that Yul Shevchenko, based upon our, when I was um, recently, <laughs> I, was, I don't know if actually, have I run afoul of Yul? I don't remember. DM and player knowledge mingling. Um, so some changelings prefer to incapacitate their victim and some, like, like that time that I took over Mallory the Victorious's <laughs> Um And others will just straight up kill them. Yeah. So it depends on the changeling. So we got lucky. Well, Dr. Crud, do you want to take another look at that knife wound? Sure. I mean, you are carrying the heart in your nah. hands. So it's easy to just look. <laughs> yeah. Or you, another <laughs> medical medicine? Uh, yeah. Or insight. Or sorry. Or investigation. Oh, no. Definitely medicine. Okay. Definitely medicine. <laughs> He's like, I have one skill. Let me use it. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be a 21. Uh, you look and it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, you think this knife wound might be self-inflicted? Well, guys, I'm uh, I'm taking another gander. I, I mean, I've actually cut the wound out, and I'm looking at both, <laughs> looking at it from both sides now. <laughs> um, it, Rolo, it's fine. <laughs> Rolo is so grossed out by this. <laughs> yeah. Rolo it, it and Player like both do not like either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very vivid imagination, so, you know. Should we put a content warning on this episode? <laughs> warning. Elective well, surgery. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, honestly, maybe, because there's also a lot of talk of suicide. Okay, all right. This yeah, is a be- dark episode. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, beware. Well, uh, a- 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 anywho, uh, it looks to me like this might have been self-inflicted. There are so many curveballs. <laughs> uh, Olive, give me an insight check. You guys rolled multiple 20s in this episode. I just rolled my multiple four. So once again, <laughs> that's a 10 for insight for Olive. Something Samantha said to you is like sticking out in your brain. Thankfully, I wrote that all down. So let me just get to that. <laughs> Or did Page. you say you wanted to call Samantha in here to do the body drop? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a dance. <laughs> do the body drop. <laughs> thump, thump. <laughs> Dr. Crud will ch- open the, the door and check on uh, the two down in the cellar. Uh, y- y- y'all ain't doing nothing nasty down there, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't think I wrote it down. 
Okay, so, you guys, we gotta get Samantha in here. Something she said is just on the tip of my tongue. Maybe she'll say it again if we bring her in. And should we get Samantha and Richard and let them fight in front of us and see what they fight about? They've probably been fighting out there the whole time. We could bring somebody else in to ask them what they were fighting about. <laughs> uh, you did post Detective Gunn listening in on the room from the second floor. So he's heard everything that's been said in the sitting room this whole time. You sure did. All right, let's leave the kitchen and go up to the second floor. Talk to Detective Gunn. Oh, oh, come here. It's just getting good. <laughs> he pulls open a drawer, and you see there's these little, like, they almost look like the mouthpiece of a trumpet, but they fit into these small, like, circular tubes in the floor, which you hear are connected to probably the ceiling of the sitting room, so you can press your ear into the little cup and perfectly hear as if you were sitting in the sitting room. Gunn explains, like, Oh, things really got heated when that lawyer fella showed up. He read the will as it stood, and everybody freaked out. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Regal and Richard hate each other. And also, I'm not sure, but I think that Lily and Regal are sleeping together. Oh, that's 100% confirmed. We, we we confirmed that. I knew it. I saw them. Excellent. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. We'll circle back to that later, my friend. <laughs> um, not, the... not actually. I... <laughs> uh, that Blythe Horde fella, uh, him and the, the simpleton Dita, they, they seem to just be prodding this family into fighting with each other. I've heard <laughs> a number of things being thrown around, accusations and the like. Seems like the wolves have turned upon their own pack. And, and to catch you up, uh, there is a second body. See, this one is actually the, uh, the rich guy. The one upstairs is a shapeshifter. Two bodies? I love that you just carried the open autopsy heart cut out person just right up the stairs to the second floor <laughs> you're just carrying it with you <laughs> uh and just two bodies and uh and <laughs> matthias what did you overhear samantha and richard fighting about uh she seems a real quiet girl but that richard has a nasty tongue on him kept accusing her of abandoning the family and also seems to really be insulting her magical ability which seems a funny thing so richard probably can divine that's a good question let's talk to richard and find out because based on everything else we've heard he can't so how dare he insult her magical ability when he has flat none so let's yeah let's talk to him in the kitchen give him some pineapple are we gonna body drop him yeah. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Everybody's getting body dropped. Everybody yes. do the body drop. Uh, cool. The official so, FBK dance. <laughs> Everybody lift up a corpse. Let's throw that corpse on the ground. <laughs> uh, hey, that's what he's paying us for. Shake those hips. Drop that body. 
<laughs> Take out the heart. Take out the heart. Side to the left. Side to the right. I'm just picturing so much. Everybody clap his hands. (laughs) The whole time it's just covered in gore. Clapping the corpse's hands. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Music video to the body drop. Dropping one. Okay. So Dr. Crud is set up behind the door. In the root cellar with the body, Rolo and Olive are in the kitchen feeding ornately sliced pineapple to the arguing siblings, Samantha and Richard. Dr. Crud turns down to look down the steps. Now you all be quiet. I need to listen for the opportune time to drop this body. (laughs) We respect your body drops. (laughs) You're getting pretty good at them. (laughs) Um, so you invite richard alone or richard and samantha both to see what they argue about so they're quiet for a moment and like you see like it's basically an unlit fuse like you just have to say one thing and something will happen do you like citrus fruit (laughs) (laughs) and i start to cut open a lemon very deliberately uh you see that like uh samantha was about to reach out like you're gonna offer her a piece of fruit and then sees you're just cutting a lemon (laughs) and kind of like sinks back into her chair so neither of you will be getting the company that's uh samantha goes that's fine and then richard like stands up and goes why i'm the inheritor he killed himself, or, if that's not true, then my wicked stepmother and evil uncle have conspired in a fairy tale manner to steal my kingdom from me. And now the prodigal daughter returns the morning of our father's death. Oh, just what, for a visit? Or can you finally, you can see the future now? And then what? So you're coming back for the company? And she just goes, Richard, I don't want the company. You know, I can't do magic like father could. I couldn't run it if I wanted to. And, you know, whatever. You're the one who's supposed to run it anyway. And uh, he just keeps in on her with, like, very repetitive, you know, just, like, familial fighting stuff. Oh, I grab him and I say, can you see the future? Because did you see this coming? And I point at the door where, where Dr. Crud is. Nothing happens. If <laughs> we have a root cellar? Did you see this coming? <laughs> I don't... I don't know what this is. But really, can you see the future, Richard? No, but I've spent years readying myself for the day when I would be in charge and I have a consortium of other, albeit lesser, future seers that I will outsource my future sites to. Dr. Cred opens the door. Well, did they see this coming? <laughs> and slams the body down <laughs> on the table. Rolo is just like, what <laughs> the hell, man? <laughs> uh, where were you? I, so they, I couldn't hear you over the, the sounds of them making out down there. Uh, Ew. So Richard, like, shouts and then vomits, and Samantha faints. 
Yeah, we kind of did just traumatize that poor girl for no reason, <laughs> didn't we? Someone's clearly not involved. <laughs> You're going to be having nightmares about this. Uh, hey, Dr. Crud, you want to set that down for a second? Oh, it's on the table. It's down. After Okay. After being uh-huh. flopped around for about like the third to fifth time, this body's getting pretty bruised and like... <laughs> I think they don't bruise after death. I don't know. I, I, the more I play D&D, the more I wish I knew body farm science. <laughs> There's no way you could just keep flopping a body onto the floor. And not, okay, I'm getting beside the point. Um, yeah, so Richard is still there. How many flops is a body good for? I mean... <laughs> What kind of piece of shit body is this? <laughs> we can't keep flopping it. <laughs> oh, this is just so absurd. I love it. <laughs> when Samantha wakes up because I've shoved pineapple into her face, like smelling salts, <laughs> I ask her, why did it take you two days to get here, Samantha? Well, because I live two days away. A likely story. You've never heard of the Silverwing Messenger Service, Samantha? They're very good. <laughs> oh, I, I've literally just been, like, in a small mountain village being a milkmaid. So we don't really have that quick of messengers. I could have sent a bird, but I would have had to train a bird. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fine. Fine. You didn't kill anybody here. Okay. And Richard. What? The Consortium of Minor Seers sounds like a great idea. Good job. <laughs> I'm an excellent businessman. <laughs> What's your opinion on uh, Blythe Horde? Should I invest in him? Uh, no. I'm going to have 20,000 gold soon, so, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just uh, DM note, that was to split. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, just so we're all clear. <laughs> should I invest in Blythe? He seems cool. So. <laughs> should we invest in Blythe coin? Blythe is a uh, trickster and a weasel and is only out for his own selfish interests. Unlike you. And also that Dieter is an idiot. Is he going to like get me a good return though? Like we talking 7%? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should talk to the idiot. I won't speak to my competitor's business. You should, once this will is finalized in the next hour or two, uh, I will be the one to inherit and you can put your coin with me. Hmm. We'll talk about that afterwards. Oh, that, that's not happening. Dr. Crud opens the door and throws the body into the living room where everybody else is. (laughs) Do not ratify the will. Ah, the lawyer speaks up. Oh, well, um, actually it's, it's, pretty specific the wording of the will um a certain number of hours after his death it it will be ratified either as it stands or will be changed well this is him right here he was uh well we still not sure but we do know that his wife and her lover which is his brother tried to murder him but ended up murdering somebody else and then we found his body with a Knife wound, want to leave that other part out, in the pickle jar. So. I'm going to go with the changeling officially. Can we all three agree the changeling killed him? 
screw the HHO. Let's pin them for it. Uh, Dr. Crud determine. Uh, yeah. Well, you can pin it on him if you want, but Dr. Trup, Crud. Dr. Crud determined that Barrett did indeed commit suicide. That's really too bad for him because, I mean, the HHO did it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So he killed himself. A nope. doppelganger took his place. And then the doppelganger got killed by. So, okay, this is who would who would benefit from killing the doppelganger, but also didn't know it was the doppelganger. The wife and brother killed the doppelganger thinking that it was the original and the doppelganger was stepping in at the right time, probably having observed the house for a really long time, uh, saw him die, stepped in, filled the role. What a great opportunity for him. Didn't realize he was about to get murdered by the brother and the wife. Like minutes later, too. Like, really? <laughs> what a poor, poorly timed. Do- well, that poor doppelganger. Anyway, so but Dr. Card Third and... And Rolo and Olive discuss before he flings the door open that because Jenny is missing, because the HHO took her, the more people who are out to get the HHO, the faster they get apprehended. So out of an interest to save Jenny, we're going to blame this murder on the changeling who worked for the HHO so that more people are out for the HHO, which will save Jenny faster. I said what she said. (laughs) It was the changeling who killed him. And then it was the family who killed the changeling, specifically the brother and the wife. So have fun with that, Mr. Lawyer. Uh, You see uh, Matthias Gunn enters the room. Says, well, I understand that this wraps it all up in a neat little bow, but I have one question. Only one? Who poisoned the changeling? You did. (laughs) I assure you I did not. See, I wonder... The chef. Why would the chef poison? We are missing a piece of the puzzle, you guys. The tea was unattended in the sitting room, so it could have been Blythe Horde or the guru Dieter von Riechenbach. And then it was also delivered by Tropicana, so Tropicana the butler could have poisoned the tea. And the tea was probably made by the chef, Clark, but we all know he's way too cool for that. Did everyone kill this guy? (laughs) <laughs> like everyone killed him all at the same time everyone turn out your pockets whoever has the rest of this teacup is the poisoner yay Dr. Crud the third alright we make everybody turn out their teacups including Clark <laughs> and Tropicana I really hope it wasn't them because I feel for them because they're servants perception checks please I'm gonna kick my green dice out for that 20. Because I do not want to miss this. Oh. 18. 8. Uh, Dr. Crud, you don't notice it, but absolutely Rolo does. Uh, Richard has a cut on his hand as if he was picking up a piece of broken ceramic. Definitely not investing in his company. Looks like Blaze gets the investment. <laughs> Well, technically, there would be one more person, but, uh, I mean, you still have to accuse him. You just see he has a cut on his hand. Dr. Crud. <laughs> yes? Do the body thing at Richard. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, r- really? Oh, oh, okay. Dr. Craig tosses the body into Richard. <laughs> Just into him? <laughs> the changeling's body? <laughs> no, uh, his father's body. But th- he killed the changeling with the poison. It's like, I have to go up and get the, the changeling's body. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right, everybody wait right here. <laughs> Nobody move. Dr. Crud walks upstairs, grabs the changeling's bodies, removes the head, pockets the head, comes back downstairs, <laughs> and then th- throws the body at Richard. Okay. He does not entirely understand what this signifies. Neither do I. <laughs> That's all right. Neither do I. (laughs) The black root poisoning is evident on this body. I know nothing of black root. Liar. Oh, she's got, she did rights, apparently. I, where would I have gotten black root? I'll tell you what, buddy. Dr. Crud walks right up to him, grabs him by the throat with his trunk and lifts him up. Tell me the truth. I am done with this bullshit. (laughs) You literally run an import-export company. We don't care how you got it. (laughs) (laughs) I admit to nothing. I will not have my company stolen away from me for theories and rumors of which you have no evidence. You have a cut on your hand, as if you picked up a broken piece of ceramic. A piece of ceramic containing black root poison. You have no proof of this? I cut my hand pruning flowers. Are you willing to submit to a zone of truth? Yes. Matthias, you're an actual detective. I'm sure you have this spell. (laughs) Can you come here? Oh, I'm more of a gentleman detective. (laughs) Probably at this point, the real police are showing up too, right? <laughs> Can we send for a zone of truther? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say you guys basically do that thing where like 30 minutes passes and then the actual police show up and they're like, yeah, all right, what's going on around here? We got some sort of double doppelganger slash dwarf murder suicide thing going on. You know yeah. an awful lot for just arriving on the scene. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, I'm a good cop. I've been on the force uh, 300 years. I'm an elf. Okay. <laughs> it's not the first one of these you've seen, I'm sure. <laughs> Fairly common crime. Oh, no. I've seen, I've seen almost every combination of doppelganger slash other race murder. I've seen doppelganger bugbear. I've seen doppelganger two bugbears. I see doppelganger. You're going to have to stop him or he's going to keep listing crimes. How do you feel about citrus fruit? (laughs) What about uh, doppelganger tuba? No, you know what? I saw a doppelganger with a tuba, but never like a tuba man was murdered by a doppelganger. You guys know the truth. You can throw it up here real quick. Uh, Richard here, he's been lying. We need the truth. Yeah, I got zone of truth. His eyes roll back into his head. as like white light sheds from his fingertips. And like spears of like golden energy like create a zone which like fade away and just, just sort of like a pattern on the floor. All right, there you go. Zone of truth's up. By the way, who are you guys? You some sort of uh, adventure in guild? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Richard. <laughs> Did you poison him? I choose not to answer the question. That is an answer to the question. Yes, he did. Take him away, officers. 
Oh, and take two in the basement away, too. They kill the doppelganger. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I I guess uh, that sums that up. Uh, We can get some mind spells on this guy down at the precinct. Uh, He probably thought he was going to get clever trying to not answer the question or something. But uh, come on, why don't you zone a truth a guy? Oh, and you also need to take Tropicana. He did. He is guilty of. He admitted to it. Uh, body tampering. Uh, okay. I mean, but uh, if his defense is he thought it was some sort of specter, there's some arcane laws that come into play. Well, that is for the course to decide. We are just lonely, lonely adventurers and and and, and law enforcement. That's above our pay grade. About to be a little bit less lonely with this twenty thousand gold we're going to split, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Bufo, bufo. That's more than I make in a year. <laughs> That's why you need to come over to the adventuring part. Oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> What's your name there, Detective? I'm uh Detective Willie Wonka. Don't say I was gonna say Waterparks. <laughs> you know what? I'm going with it. First choice is always correct. My name's Willie Waterparks. <laughs> it's hyphenated Willie Water Parks <laughs> Your maiden name is Willie I mean your na- maiden name is Water And your married name is Parks Yeah I took her I, I, I took her last name We decided to do the hyphenation thing Cause like we really believe in the, e- the e- e- Equal partnership Me and Wanda That's really progressive And when you have the opportunity to have the name Water Parks <laughs> You should take it <laughs> Oh, you know, I honestly, in 250 years of being married, never put that together. Uh, <laughs> you're fun. I'm going to buy you a drink with my 200,000 or whatever, 20,000 gold. <laughs> hey, thank you. Like I said, we are woefully underpaid civil servants. <laughs> anyway, come on, you guys are going to jail now. <laughs> so let me just go through the timeline of this. Two days ago, Samantha has a dream for like the first time in a long time that's accurate and effective but she's two days apart so over the course of the two days her dad has a dream and then barrett dillahunt writes it down in his dream journal and then within half an hour i guess takes his own life because he just he dreamed it so he knew it was going to happen and he just kind of i don't know um we'll put a a suicide support hotline warning before this episode because kids don't kill yourself no no no. uh detective gun has a theory could he have been forced to kill him? Oh, well, we're not going to tell anybody about the self-inflicted room wound. Oh, um, okay. Oof. But, yeah, what's Gunn's theory if he had, in an alternative reality where we had revealed that it might well, have been self-inflicted? He doesn't even need to know the self-infliction thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he knew he was going to be replaced, uh, hmm. Well, fart. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna wait. Keep keep going through the timeline, and maybe I can help you out because you're missing a little little bit of a thing that happens. I can tell I'm missing something. <laughs> There's a there is a little you see a little spot in your timeline of like why would he just decide to kill himself that night? Yeah, within a half an hour of the dream, right? So, so anyway, so he's dead with the heart wound from the knife. And it's at that point that the changeling, having been monitoring him, hoping to take over him so that uh, he could 
I guess, poorly run this company because really you need this guy alive anyway. But um, so so then the changeling seizes the opportunity, takes control of the fortune by taking control of the identity. There we go. You don't need to run the company. You just need to be able to write some checks. So takes over the identity, uh, goes to meet a person who, oh yeah, in that half hour, he called for Blythe Horde and Dieter von Riechenbach to come. So he answers it, takes over the identity, answers the knock at the door, says, uh, Blythe, who are you? Blythe gets offended. Tropicana brings in tea, sees that they're arguing, leaves the tea. <laughs> Blythe yells at Changeling not Barrett. Changeling not Barrett takes the tea in the bedroom. The sun has slipped in the tea at some point. Maybe he goes and visits his dad in the bedroom. Dad drinks the tea. Dad gets poisoned. Wife, seeing the, was it blood coming from the ears and magical burns around the ears, doesn't help cure the poison, but instead Garrett curvats him with Regal's help. Leaves the body there. Specter, question mark, and then Tropicana hangs it up. We're missing a bit of the puzzle. <laughs> you are so close, though. Oh, um, just tell me, just tell me. It's the end of the adventure. I want to know. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we. I will say with this, let me get one last round of investigation checks, and this will just be everyone looking at the timeline and trying to piece together, because <laughs> you pretty much could figure it out with what you've said so far. Doctor Crud is too busy putting the body back in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> back in the barrel. Uh, I got a fifteen. Five. All right, Rollo. You hear all this laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. If the changeling had been monitoring him for a while, he would have known about Mr. Horde. Oh, good point. So, what's the best way to stop your life from being taken over if you know someone's about to take over your life? Kill yourself. Especially if you know that you're in a house full of vipers who already kind of all want you dead. Then add in prophetic vision of like, this is all coming to a head and the personality of a man who controls everything around him with an iron grip. The theory comes to you that he did in fact commit suicide to screw over the doppelganger who was about to start watching him. And then, instead of having to die by the hand of a loved one, he pens a number of letters to a number of people to basically say, Hey, if I hadn't have done this, who was about to kill me? And then the doppelganger was the one who actually suffered the death blows of his family. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just came up with this amazing theory totally all on my own. And I relay what you said, except I probably mess it up. <laughs> there was one journal you guys missed finding that would have. So it was the messenger service all along. He sent those letters while he was still alive. He set those in the 30 minutes before he yeah. died. He basically yeah. wrote a number of letters. So that's why I'm like, the messenger service isn't evil, but it is very vital. Like, so he sent those messages out. That's why if you look back at the wording of the letter, he's like, I regret to inform you that I have been murdered. 
And then, because he knows by the time you get there, he will have, he will have been murdered. And then the second part, make sure my will ends up in the right hands. Because he does, you know. So you guys know, you have two people, potentially, who did not cause him to die. I guess (laughs) his daughter, Samantha, or Mr. Horde. Who doesn't want to run the company and Blythe, who does and would probably be pretty good at it. Um, she, I mean, you can talk to her about it if you like. Yeah, I think we got to have a chat with Samantha. I'm just wondering why he thought we were going to steal all of his money. I mean, he was a nervous guy. Also, the extra <laughs> detective was meant to be just in case you guys hit a dead end. You could be like, hey, detective, do you have any <laughs> clues? <laughs> Alright, so one last chat with Samantha was to be like, hey, so this mountain that you live on. Yeah, it's it's nice, I guess. It's a quiet life. Okay. Do you really not want to run this company? Like I okay, so I know that your dad was a lot of pressure and he didn't support you, he didn't help you when you needed help in school, and he he definitely like had some favoritism problems with your brother, and, and I, I know that you didn't get along and you had some issues, and that, that sucks. But like, real question here, you really did prophesize your dad's death before he did. Well, yeah, I always could. It's just my mind come in a little bit more vague than his do. He gets firm, clear in- images the moment that they need to be acted upon, and I have to think about mine. Is that something that you want to pursue, to go back to school and to train yourself in divination and run an import-export investment company (laughs) insider trading stock business like your dad? Or do you want to go back to the mountain and live separate from all this? Milking cows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What do you want, Samantha? I don't know. I feel sort of bad that, like, I'm leaving my family's company in the hands of his biggest business rival. But, like, at the same time, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd get to be rich again. That would be pretty cool. But, like, what if I mess it up? I don't know. Well, Samantha, there's there's a third option here. The company is yours. Maybe you want to sell it at a cheap Mm -hmm. rate to... Mr. Horde, or maybe you you have Mr. Horde run it for you and give you a percentage of the profits. And then you get a nice, cushy life. You don't have to think about running a company. And, you know, you're part of the 1% again. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure Mr. Horde would be amenable, but... uh, There's also a fourth option. As revenge, you can just run it into the ground. Well, no, uh, I mean, Dr. Crud. <laughs> that's the thing I'm struggling against is I feel bad getting rid of my family's legacy like this. Well, there's also all the people who work for the company that you would just be totally screwing over. <laughs> for well, that. you know, I really think that Rolo's idea of perhaps you remain the titular head of the company, but you bring Blythe Horde on board to run it and to to make a large amount of profit from it with you and together you would maintain the name and maybe your children one day would inherit the gift like your dad and could um, inherit from Mr. Horde 
and you could get some really ironclad legal work saying that this is definitely what happens and that court can't change it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of exactly what I'm worried about. <laughs> but um, I understand it was in my father's wishes that you be the ones to decide, and yeah, I will decide, respect guys. your. Yeah, I, I will be happy either way. I'll, I'll let you know that. Meanwhile, I, I think that's a great idea. We'll go get well, Beans to go ahead and put all the paperwork together for him, for her. <laughs> but if we get to decide. Can we just have the company then? Oh, gosh. That is exactly why uh, <laughs> Detective Gunn is here, to keep you from doing that. Uh, it's the one thing that can't happen, Rolo, because of Matthias. Matthias All right, well, Gunn. then, my vote is to help help out this poor lady live a better than milkmaiding life. Not that there's anything wrong with your milkmaid choice, ma'am. I agree with Rolo, and I think that it should be a flat sale. I mean, I know she's concerned about the name and the legacy, but we should just, like, I don't want to give Blythe Horde any motivation to off Samantha. <laughs> so I think it should be a flat sale. Like, you got to give up the legacy, lady. If you're if you're not going to protect your life, you didn't, you didn't protect your dad's life. No offense. Little offense. Little offense. <laughs> I, if you if you aren't going to play the game and Blythe Horde is a snake, you know. So if you're not going to outmaneuver him, you gotta you gotta protect yourself. Protect your family's name by using the money that you get from the sale of this company to raise a wonderful milkmaid children family. The best revenge is living well as a milkmaid. <laughs> the best revenge is living well as a milkmaid. As a milkmaid, yeah, I. I... I think uh, I think I might look into this. All right, I'll get Beans to start on the paperwork, selling paperwork for you. <laughs> yeah, cool. she's got to sell this because Blythe's going to off her. So, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, is that what we do? We arrange for Beans to do the super ironclad legal contract. Mm -hmm. uh, Samantha sells the company to Blythe. She's still a one percenter, so I don't feel bad for her. Oh no, you only got five billion dollars instead of eight billion dollars, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Your father's insider trading company had to be sold off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like the wealthiest milkmaid around. And then uh, we invest in Blythe, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Blythe is just like, you know, I just met you guys a couple hours ago, but you've made me very, very rich. All right. So you can help me out by finding out who the HHO is. Getting my daughter back. Yes. Oh. You and I, we're going to work. You're going to invest into us to, to do this. Absolutely. That is something I can do for you. <gasps> Dr. Crud getting the backer. Yeah. I mean, I stay away from their types. They're a little too zealous for me, but uh, I know some doors I could knock on for you. All right. Oh, he's a sleazy guy. He's got criminal contacts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Crud in two episodes went from pacifist doctor to connecting with criminal underlords. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up the HHO so the constabulary are after them. I love yeah. it. So the official story is the HHO changeling killed Barrett Dillahunt. The son. No, Barrett Dillahunt killed himself. No, 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 no. no, no, no. The, the, the official. The official. Oh, the official. The, we know yes, what the official happened. story. 
the son, wife, and brother killed the changeling. Which is still murder. Samantha inherits the company and she sells it to Blythe Horde. Yep. Uh, I will say, and since uh, the changeling at the time was wearing Baron D- Barrett Dillahunt's skin, they are still gonna. They're they, essentially they're getting a double murder because, like, yeah, you killed this guy, <laughs> but you were attempting to murder another guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah that that pretty much wraps it up this week <laughs> for fire breathing kids. I get Dieter's contact information before we, like, all leave, because he seemed pretty cool, and, like, we would get along, so. Oh, yeah, you can hang out with, uh, with, uh, uh, Dieter and, uh, Wally Water Parks. We <laughs> <laughs> have, we should invite them all to the Fiber and the Kittens Hall later for snacks. And cheese. <laughs> you went from, this drow definitely did it, to, let's have snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he's a drow. I mean, you know. I mean, yes, he is still a really, really bad guy. <laughs> like, they're evil. They, like, kill people all the time. They're bad. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah. He does have the Morpheus sunglass thing, which is pretty neat. So Yeah. Uh, any final actions from our players? Split the 20000 evenly? Yeah. $6,666 a pop. I'll I mean, take it. Gold. Good day, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. And that concludes this episode of Fire Breathing Kittens. Thank you for listening, as always. We were joined by this week, Rolo. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast source. Olive. What fun! Thank you for a great game. And Dr. Crud. I'm taking the HHO down. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. And remember, suicide is no joke. Yeah, we're going to leave a little... uh, It wasn't really suicide, though. It was making sure his family got taken down with the changeling, because he was going to die anyway. Suicide is no joke, but murder is A-OK funny. (laughs) 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 if you're interested in listening to in-depth interviews with actors producers musicians authors athletes people of faith and more check out the new podcast entitled the coriolis effect with Corey oliver you may have seen Corey in basketball god's not dead book of esther and Beverly Hills Pawn on the Reels Network. Corey and her producer Bob have interviewed guests like Jack Wagner from General Hospital and Melrose Place, Frank Stallone from Rocky and Staying Alive, Maria Whitesell of Fox News, and Burt Ward, the original Robin from Batman. New episodes of The Coriolis Effect are released every Tuesday and Thursday on all major podcast platforms, and also a video version is uploaded on YouTube. Watch or listen to The Coriolis Effect with Corey Oliver. Creatures Unnatural, a supernatural podcast.
Creatures Unnatural, a supernatural podcast. The fusion of technology and DNA is here, but at what cost? Welcome to the cyberpunk metropolis known as the Neon Boulevard. After the city-long streets that cut through the heart of the city, the Cybio Corporation has always been on the cutting edge of augmentation development for the Neon Boulevard. And with its latest technology set to be announced, they aim to change the world once more. The day before the announcement, Cybio's CEO is murdered, triggering events that put a rogue AI and a serial killer on a collision course that could destroy life in the city forever. Meanwhile, private detective Xander Draven is visited by the synthetic replica of the murdered CEO's grieving widow, who wants him to track down her husband's killer, Julian Travitz, a hacker and reporter, and his AI companion Quartzig, are searching for their next story as they become drawn into Cybio's dark past. Clone worker number 133 suffers a brain injury that frees him from his programming. Discovering his true identity has ties to the serial killer and the corporation's founders. If you like fast-paced, high-tech, futuristic thrillers, and a diverse range of unique characters, then step onto the Neon Boulevard today. This book was written by Nick Whitaker and narrated by me, Dale Robertson. You can find Neon Helix on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon. The following is a brief bit of the Pedro and Banana podcast. Do you know what really um, freaks me out about the mask, yeah? Everyone's wearing a mask, right? CCTV mm. everywhere, yeah? You mm. think this is a fantastic opportunity for bank robbers. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's I know. Robbed a bank. Yeah, Nobody's robbed any banks. I've What's been exactly going on? the same thing. I thought banks would be getting dropped left, right and centre. Just any kind of crime like that where, where CCTV is necessary. Yeah, yeah, where you wear a mask, everyone's got a mask on, so you can't really identify me. Um, no, it wasn't me. It was him with the mask. Yeah, but, uh, it was, uh, that's not me. Yeah. That bloke's got a mask on. I don't wear a mask. Yeah. Put, a, put a hood on, put your mask on. <laughs> that don't even look like Coverage. my shotgun. My shotgun's green. That one's black. <laughs> I always had this Ferrari. That was the Pedro and Banana podcast. Find them wherever you find podcasts.